Welcome to Judgment. It's Bond season. James Bond season. Be fair warned, we discuss these movies in depth. So spoilers ahead. Now let's have some fun. Enjoy. Alright, welcome back to Judgment, the ultimate movie ranking podcast. This is Blaine, and as always, I am joined by Corey. Corey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. We are also joined Ooh. by Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing? Well, Blaine, living's in the way we die. Ah, is that wow. a part of the song? That is. For the movie tonight. Yeah, that is. What a segue, Andrew. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so tonight we are continuing. <laughs> we are continuing our Bond movie season, and tonight we will be reviewing The Living Daylights. That's it. That's, That's the, the movie. Wow, 19... wow, wow, wow. 1987, <laughs> the first Timothy Dalton movie, the 15th entry into the Eon Bond canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dalton era. Oh, we're in the Dalton era. Mm. How short-lived. There's only one more after this. I don't want to no. give anything away. Maybe too short? Yeah. Maybe too short. We'll talk about think, it. Not we'll the shortest it. lived era either, so that's you know, that's a bump in his in his favor. <laughs> Good a, point, Corey. A bump in his feather. Yeah. What'd you say? I don't know. Okay. Feather in his cap. Yeah. I said a bump in his feather. <laughs> yes, feather in his cap. Yes, yeah, so Timothy Dodd and Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into it. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna read the the overview from IMDB and then we'll get our initial reactions and then we'll just move right into this thing and break it down. Love it. Sound Love good? It. Mm-hmm. All right. So according to IMDB, Living Daylights, James Bond is sent to investigate a KGB policy to kill all enemy spies and uncovers an arms deal that potentially has major global ramifications. Love the it. End. Love it. Sums it up. It's a you nail think on so? The head. You think so? It does. There's a little extra that's going on, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that can be said about all of these movies. So yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like 18 words to sum up a two-hour movie. So yeah, not. I mean, I felt uh, the last movie we did was uh, far more complex than this one. Uh, Quantum. And yeah. God, it feels like we recorded that six months ago. Well, that's what that movie does to you. Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, boy. Not it a drains. joy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Drained me. Not a joy to talk about. Mm-mm. So, let's not dwell in the past with that piece of shit. Let's move right <laughs> on to this one, which was a market improvement, I will say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, before we jump into the scene by scene, Corey, let me know your initial thoughts. So my initial thoughts are, I liked it. I think I started this, this whole journey saying that Timothy Dalton is my favorite, and I still believe that. I do think that this movie has pros and cons. I'll get more in depth on, on, on what I do feel like is a con. But um, I liked him. I liked a lot about it. Two thumbs up. Mm. All mm. right. Andrew, how about you? Well, I gotta tell you, I'm, uh, I'm, um, uh, 
Oh, God, I'm trying to think of a good word for this, and I can't find it. I liked it. Two thumbs up. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well. I had a complete brain aneurysm. Pardon me, everybody. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Timothy, I dare I say, he was the Daniel Craig Bond before Daniel Craig became... I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. I think uh, he inspired the Craig uh, stylings of Bond. But I have my problems with the movie. Still enjoyed it. But mm. I think a solid one thumb up from me. Oh, just a one thumber. Okay. It's close to two, but I can't give a partial thumb. So one thumb. I'd like to go back to before I uh, had my aneurysm and just say I thought the movie, while serious, and, and, you know, it had its serious moments. You know, Lil Craig in there. It still had that level of fun that I enjoy. I, I agree, and, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about why I gave, shaved that extra thumb off my mm-hmm. score as we go through. But I think I have good points. All right. So let's, I, let's dive in. Corey, before you, you dive in, I am curious. Yeah. I'm wondering, because this is what I, it's actually what I have to say. It's hard to find a spot for it later. But I feel like this movie kind of suffers in that it's an 80s movie that isn't necessarily ready for the new style of action movies that are happening around it. Uh, And I think it may have almost the style and pace of one of the older James Bond movies. And of its time, it does feel like it didn't quite match up with some of the other 80s movies that were happening at the time. I don't know if that's how you feel. I, but I, but I kind of noticed that. I was like, uh, it looks like they're trying to modernize, but it still feels stylistically like an older movie. Does that make sense? I, I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. I don't know if I agree. But that could just be me. I don't know either. I'm just doing these as like a... It just felt like a Bond movie to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't disagree there. I think it, yeah, it was just like a Bond movie. I don't know. I didn't pick up on the... Uh, what, what kind of... When you say an 80s action movie, what is it the one you're comparing it to? Well, I mean, at the time, we're starting to see some like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies coming out. Well, some yeah. Some Sly Stallone movies coming out, uh, which are these big bombastic action movies with at least big set pieces. And this has that, but um, maybe it's the Britishness of it. That kind of, mm. sometimes even the big action special effects don't hit as hard as, I think, what the time was doing. I don't know. See, my favorite action movies of this era were more like uh, Terms of Endearment, uh, mm. Ordinary People. Out of Africa. Uh, Chariots of Fire. Yes. You know. Yes. The real Terms action movies. Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment. When Shirley MacLaine is uh, shooting that machine gun, it's wild. Oh, wow. I hope nobody watches Terms of Endearment thinking that's what they're going to get. Thinking. I really don't. <laughs> I Just Jack Nicholson. He's piloting the shit out of those planes. He definitely flies in that movie. Yes, he definitely does. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine definitely parachutes out of most of them. <laughs> and Deborah Winger catches her. Oh. I know. Yeah, and then Dane DeVito is just kind of there. Dane DeVito. Dane DeVito's never just kind of anywhere. <laughs> this is pretty early in his career. I don't remember him being a big standout. But uh, he was not. Not famous when Terms of Endearment came out, which is why it's weird. 
that he has such a small part. But we're, this isn't the terms we're not of endearment podcast. No terms. This isn't. This is yeah. the living daylights. God yeah. Damn it. So let's just jump in and mm-hmm. get it started. Action movie criticism comparisons aside, I don't know. Let's just go right in. So yeah, Corey. Right off the bat, we start with a gun barrel scene, as usual. And this one, it looks like Timmy's got a little bit of a limp to me. It, you know, I was his knee hurt. I don't know. He bends Good. the knee when he takes the shot. I thought that was kind of fun. It's because it was compromised and he was and weak. That's why. Oh wow! I'm just <laughs> kidding. But he did look like he had a limp. Um. So, okay, Andrew is having a stroke. Um, so we will continue on. So as we move out of the gun barrel, we are in our opening scene, and uh, we're on an airplane, and here is M talking to uh, some double O agents. And they're going on a training mission on the Rock of Gibraltar. That's Gibraltar. how we... The Rock of Gibraltar. You're giving that that B. Oh, Bruh. yes. The Gibraltar. Does it say that? Does what say what? <laughs> the Rock of Gibraltar. That's 100% where they're at. Okay. I had might not have been paying attention to that part. Uh, That's my bad. I missed that, too. Maybe Blaine just knows what the Rock of Gibraltar looks like. I do. Oh. Yes. Well, that's quite a brag. All right. Yeah. Oh, you dumbasses. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so M tells them they're to parachute out of this airplane and infiltrate a British base on Gibraltar. And it's just a training mission, so they say. Yeah. Uh, so then the guys just jump out of the airplane. We don't know which one is Bond at this point, though, because it hasn't shown their faces. Yeah, yeah. The thing I liked about this is when we first come into the plane, it looks like M is just in his office. yeah. They have like a, a mock-up office inside this. M can set up shop anywhere. 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 In this airplane. Um, so we <laughs> jump out. Pretty cool skydiving scene. Yep. A lot of good uh, skydiving work in this movie. Um, so we're going out. Mm-hmm. There's some guy creeping around in the bushes they cut to. We don't know what he's doing. Or how he even got here. How he even got there. I don't know yeah. who the fuck he's in. I don't even know who he is or how he plays into the rest of the movie. No idea. Um, uh, well, do we know? I, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. he does the, the thing, but who's he working for? He's working for Whitaker. Was it confirmed? Yeah. Yeah. That little, the little note that he sends down has the, has Smear, the phrase on it. Spearing him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's one of his Smear, agents. Spearing him. Starts killing the agents. So that's their calling the card. Okay. I get it now. That makes sense. I guess so. So this guy is on the ground. I think it's a training mission, but he starts killing the double O agents that have parachuted down. And James is the only one left alive at this point. Uh, so, um, yes. Yeah. I wrote down, they gave Timothy Dalton a real movie star intro here. I really like that. Yeah. He kind of turns toward camera as the wind blows. Yeah. He really got a as good he, intro. As he hears a scream as one of his comrades has been cut loose from his rope and falls and to his death. That's a terrible death. He does. Not yes. good. He just tumbles down. He tumbles yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Real good. 
I love how fast when they land, they're like, we got to get these parachutes out. Because, of course, they're trying to be very, you know, sneaky. And it's very, I mean, just parachuting into That's... the Rock of Gibraltar, they must have been seen. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. They did it in broad daylight, too. That's probably not the best time to skydive somewhere. Yeah. Night skydiving is not good on camera, though. Yeah. yeah. This, Unless enough. it's the movie Drop Zone. Um, anyways. So. Or. I didn't have anything. Continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so thought someone was going to throw something. The other agents have been murdered. James picks up on it, sees the cat, and starts chasing him. James is running. The guy's in a truck. He's driving. James jumps onto the roof, mm-hmm. and we get a nice chase right at the start of the movie. I do like the synthesized James Bond theme they went with. Yeah. In this. I really enjoyed that. Very fits the the year. It does. I will say it does. Um, so note about this: Dalton insisted on doing some of this roof work himself. Oh, not when the jeep is driving at the speed of light. But okay. he does have some action parts where he's actually about on the roof. So, props to Dalton for that. He must have been. Pretty strong. He's an athletic guy. We'll sure. Say that. Sure. Um, I like it. Yeah. Um, I will say, do we know what these uh is? It, are these powdered paintballs? Is that what was going on there? Uh, I think they're just regular paintballs. Yeah, they're just paintballs. Oh. Uh, yeah. I've never ventured into the paintball field, so good to know. Yeah. So the training mission, they're using paintballs. Uh, which is a, is why everyone's surprised when people start dying. Because yeah, they're getting shot <laughs> it's not good. Bullets. So yeah. James is on the roof. He's trying to capture this guy. There's obviously uh, a bunch of explosives in the back of the truck, and that only makes sense. You got to, you got to have them. Um, so they're hustling and bustling. James cuts open the roof and crawls in. There's a bomb that's been ignited, and. Get some good uh, J&B scotch advertisement in this scene. Yep, yep, yep. Because yep. uh, apparently at the bottom of this military base is uh, tourist attractions. I don't, I don't get how that worked, but all right. Well, you know, it's a nice place. Although I've never been to the Rock of Gibraltar like uh, some of you fuckers I've have. I've never been there. Oh. Okay. You would have thought you lived there. Oh. Yeah. I don't yeah. like the criticism. I'm sorry. But anyways. I must have learned. Anyways. Yes. James and this guy in the Land Rover crash off a cliff and there's a bomb about to go off and James pulls his parachute and he ejects out of the back of the Land Rover and then blam, the Land Rover explodes. James flutters down onto a yacht and what do you know it? There's a beautiful woman there to catch him with her twat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You should go watch it just for that scene. Yeah, she snared him. Yeah, snared him. It's actually a little scary. <laughs> I. It felt like a monster movie. It was real weird. Yes. It looked like uh, uh, Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm, yeah. <laughs> really, really wild. Really drug him in. Yeah. Uh, he actually yeah, parachuted into Skid Row. You damn right. The youth gone wild. And then suddenly, Seymour, we. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 18 and life to go. Yeah, um, it's true. So anyways, that's how we open um, <laughs> this movie. 
Uh, it's it's not bad. It's I a mean, pretty decent it's cold decent. open. Yeah. I mean, it's got everything you want. You know, it's got a, a solid chase. It's got some explosions. It's got parachutes. It's got a woman. It's got a a Amen. That's, that's a Bond opening. Very solid. Mm-hmm. Not the best that we've seen, but not no. definitely not the worst. Is that fun. woman from Superman 2, was she one of the villains of Superman 2? I can honestly say I've not seen that. Ooh. Okay. That's all right. I've seen Superman 2, and she does not look to me like. But then again, then the, again, late, later on, there's, there's a character who from True Lies that I did not realize was the same guy until when I rewatched this movie. I immediately was like, ah, the guy from True Lies. Seems like uh, you got typecast a little bit in this time period. A little, little, little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I No, I really liked it. Again, I will say, again, I like this movie, but there's something that's happening where James is getting these fights that, and I wish they were like 30 seconds shorter. I'm kind of like, James, get on with it. <laughs> you're, you're really dragging this fight out. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I, I think that's that. a, I feel like that's a very British thing to be like, well, it's realism. Sometimes fights aren't super quick and you're not, and you actually have to like get your ass beat a little bit for realism. I don't know. Well, it seems seems a little harsh considering <laughs> the queen died today. Oh, it's a little rough. Excuse me. That is false. We do record these a little ahead, so uh, it might have happened. I don't know. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on wood because I do not want to be the ones to announce something like that. Listen, listen I'm going to be honest. She's she's ninety something years old, and hasn't had a hard time her whole life. I think we'll be okay. I think it's okay to make fun of her a little bit. Okay, American. Well, that's a fair point. Um, God good. save the queen is literally there. As we literally worship the most British movies they ever made. That's true. Disregard Andrew's comments. I'm sorry. I, now I feel terrible. Yeah. I hope she's still alive. Yes. God save the queen. So I will say, during this scene, that Land Rover is hauling so much ass down these little roads. It's Whoever moving. the stuntman was that was actually on top. Yeah. Golly, give him some more money. The stunts in this are pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, and there's some, some real kind of sketchy ones later in the movie. Very we'll much so. About. Very uh, much so. So that's that's the opening. We get a good quote at the end that we'll save probably for later. Um, oh. And then we uh, come into our title sequence, and we get our fantastic song by aha that i absolutely love guys i think uh, we i think we all love this song. and and we'll we'll break down our scores and why we love it so much later as we do each episode but um we'll just we'll just skim past it for now okay because i got a lot of thoughts i got a lot of thoughts too I yeah got, i also have a lot of thoughts can't wait to share them. i can't wait um so from there we are then taken to Bratislava. Bratislava. That's exactly how you pronounce it, yes. Bratislava. And we're at a some sort of orchestra concert. Yep. Concert. Concert. And, a concerto. Uh, a concerto. <laughs> so, uh, James... We're, we're in Italy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Switching it up. It's Europe. They're the all tome, The two most close. worldly motherfuckers I ever met tonight. Yes. I love it. Uh, uh, so... James is there. He meets Saunders, who's a section head um, for MI6 in that in Eastern Europe. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently they are there to help uh, a KGB officer defect or a general defect from Russia and take him back to uh, England. So that's what they're there to do. They figure this guy is going to be, uh, they're going to be, the Russians are going to be watching him. So Bond's there with a sniper rifle to check out if there's any snipers as Koskov, who's the general, uh, tries to escape from the concerto and get to MI6 so he can be taken out of Czechoslovakia. So this Correct. is, this is I where... Uh, I know yes. you're going to say it, but I don't know what gun that was, <laughs> but it is the most gigantic uh, piece of machinery I've ever seen. I, I wrote down the biggest video game gun I've ever seen in my life. You know, I would say that <laughs> until we see the gun that Whitaker, who's our main villain, uses at the end of the oh, movie. Because that, that shit was, was the straight up... Uh, American Gladiators gun? It was. <laughs> yes, it, was. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely but was. The one... I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, yeah. you're kidding me. But yeah, so James has a ridiculous sniper rifle. He's watching out to protect <laughs> Koskov in his defection. And this is where he sees our, our Bond girl, Kara, for the first Kara. time. And she's got a sniper rifle. And it looks like she's the one that would be taking out Koskov. It's all a big ruse, but that's how we see mm-hmm. it for the first time. I really liked I really liked him in uh Saunders in the scene. Oh yeah, he pretty much uh cucks Saunders. Oh for sure. The he, whole movie. Yeah, yeah, the whole movie. The whole movie. No, uh, I thought I recognized Saunders, but I looked him up and no. I couldn't recognize the thing he was in. No, no. But he just looks familiar. He's just got that vague ass British face, he, man. Yeah. But I did like Dalton felt very spy-like in this. I think that's when I was like, I can get behind him. He was very no-nonsense. He was like, very I'm much. here to do a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saunders was kind of giving him shit. And uh, uh, James wasn't having it. No. So the big thing that I liked here, it's not a big thing, but before James got the sniper rifle out, he had like a Velcro thing on his suit jacket that turned his suit jacket into a turtleneck. I did love that. Did you, did yeah. You that? His outfit was interesting in that scene. I was, I was like, this is, there's something going on there. I and then when he does it, I was like, that was pretty cool. I want one of those. It went now. straight into spy gear. Oh yeah. Now I do have to ask those binoculars he used at the, uh, orchestra yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. Are those, uh, a gadget we're going to consider for this? I don't know if those were like a straight up opera binocular or I don't sp- either. I think it may have been like a something you use because he was just straight up out in the open. True. Using true. these things. Yeah, I again, that's that 80s technology where this could have been a real thing or something just for this movie. I don't know. Who knows? Okay, so James is looking through a sniper rifle. He sees Kara, our our Bond girl. Uh, she looks like she's going to shoot Koskov as he is, he is escaping. So James doesn't want to kill her because she's hot. So he shoots the gun out of her hand. Because she's and, hot. And yeah. uh, that's how that starts. Saunders has gotten Koskov into the car. James says, Koskov, you're, I mean, Saunders, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah. Get him out of the trunk. Put him in the front seat. Good call. Good Piece call. Piece of shit. <laughs> you uh, moron. And then uh, Bond 
goes to get Koskov out of the country in an interesting way. Yeah, can I also just say, yes. uh, when Bond shot that gun out of Kara's hand, am I the only one who was like, yeah, that bullet would go through that gun, her, and the building? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That she would have been... Like, I'm trying to think of the name, but like the spear guns on top of castles. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the spear... That is <laughs> quite is, a pull. It's enormous. You know, it was like, a it was a halo gun. It was crazy. it was at a halo for yeah. sure. Yeah, Ugh. it was a it was a big ass gun. Also, did but when mention... he shows the bullets, it was like, okay, well that would have one hundred percent killed her and probably three people in the apartment next door. Nah, James is too good. He knows what he's doing. And he did it. He aimed it just perfect, <laughs> right in the butt. Did we mention who <laughs> Koskov is played by? Oh no, we should mention that. Go for it. Well, I'm struggling with his name. I believe his name is Jerome <laughs> Crab. Crab, that's how you say it, maybe. I believe that's it. Yeah. Otherwise known as Dr. Charles Nichols from The Fugitive. Amen. And uh, when I first saw him, that that's guy. the first thing that came into my mind. Yeah, uh, he's Richard. Yes, he was in that movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah. He's he is a uh, skeevy is a great word to describe him in this movie. He does skeevy well. Richard. <laughs> but Richard, please. <laughs> okay, Blaine. Continue on. Yeah, so uh, Bond has Koskov, and they go to a natural gas pipeline <laughs> to shoot Koskov through the gas pipeline into the neighboring country so they can uh, get him out. Get him out. Of the Eastern Bloc of Europe. I got to tell you, I... This character, Rosika, <laughs> loved her. I loved Rosika. She was out there. Yeah. She was given some was, kind of performance, but I loved every second of it. She was very tits forward. Yep. Um, no nonsense Soviet um, type gal. Just not fucking around. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they as, worked as tall her. as Dalton. <laughs> Do what? What did you say? They worked together before, which that's so funny when they're like, hey, nice to see you again. Like, okay, this is his first movie. Why are we introducing yeah. people here? This is my best friend, Rosika. I really wish she would have got some more play. I liked Rosika. Yeah. So this Russian so did, girl. So helps. did that technician. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, let me tell so, you. So uh, this Russian lady helps James get Koskov into the pipeline and shoot him through it into uh, his escape. And then uses her body to distract the other guy. The, her at, manager? Yeah, her manager at the yeah. pipeline. Um, That's a very American one. Yeah, her manager. Her manager. <laughs> the know, nighttime supervisor. The, the foreman. Yeah. The pipeline foreman. So she uses her tits. Mm-hmm. And uh, Koskov gets shot through the pipe. That's a great little... Uh, Strategy they had there. I liked that. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Saunders just standing next to the pipe and like going, wait. It looked like Saunders didn't understand the plan, even though he was the one who supposedly made the plan. I think we can all agree Saunders is just fuck up from top to bottom. He's <laughs> not Saunders great. Saunders wants to be hard, but he ain't. No. He ain't. He needs some for hims. For hims, yes. Who is not our sponsor, not but yet. we'll happily push not them yet. pills for you. Let me tell you. Um, hims. <laughs> For him. <laughs> for him. So. Yeah, for him. Uh, so this pipeline runs right to Q in Austria, because Q just goes everywhere with his old ass. I love it. Um, 
And then they put Koskov on a plane that they have. And I, I, since we're talking about Q, I do have to talk about this. When they have to run Koskov up those, I don't know, 17 stories worth of steps. And then you see Q also arrive at the very top, but you definitely don't see him run up all those steps. But in that scene, once Q gets to the top, he has to put a pill in because he's about to have a heart attack and die. <laughs> he, he, he he takes him back that bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he took a nitroglycerin, so he didn't have a heart attack. That's what yeah, was happening with Q. Oh. Um, um, I'm just gonna say, first time I'll ever say too much Q in this movie. And there's, wow, there's a reason for it later, which I know we're gonna get to. But <laughs> oh, well. I was like, I was like, oh no, Q. Oh no, Q. Oh no. <laughs> I'm curious. Oh, I know what it is. I think I know what it is. Because I probably said the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, after Koskov escapes, Bond has another little, I don't know, he just fucks with uh, Saunders again one more time before we get to the next A little salt in the wound from Bond, yeah. Yeah, So he says he didn't kill kill Kara uh, because she wasn't a professional, so... This bond, this bond has some morals, is what we're getting at here. I, I love that every once in a while you throw that accent on there. I I don't. Mean it's definitely to. not you messing up. It's definitely it's, just yeah. you doing the accent. You just you just turn it right into mm-hmm. the accent. Quick, beautiful. Quick bond voice. Uh, so this is definitely like you said, more in line with Ian Fleming's original Bond, and where he is serious. He doesn't joke, jib and joke, and he doesn't love killing when it's not. Complete, unless it's completely necessary. Right. And that is something Dalton purposely did when he was getting hired. He said he wanted to do a better representation of the Bond from the novels. And that's why we get the more serious tone for this one. And I like it coming mm. off right off these glib <laughs> Roger Moore versions. The Roger of Moore ones. Now, hold on They're just a Andy's goddamn favorite. moment. <laughs> just hold on a goddamn minute here. <laughs> but, Lord, they were cartoony. I still can't get over that fucking whistle in that car flip. From... <laughs> oh, I can't get over that either. I'll talk shit about that one all day, but... Oh the Golden Gun was really... I just... Oh, that movie is wild. Yeah. Let's get them on, guys. Oh. Um, so from there, we are taken to London, um, where Q, we're at Q branch. We uh, are. And Q's looking at pictures of female KGB assassins. And I just, <laughs> I really could have watched a movie of just these just fake him, assassins. Just yeah. Him reviewing female assassins. Yeah. Uh, one that killed with strangulation by hands or thighs. Or thighs. And one that kills by exploding teddy bears. That was my favorite. Yes. That was my favorite. Uh, so we're there. Just some more pitter patter. We are introduced to the new Money Penny, who's yeah fairly attractive. Yeah, I, I like say. I like this Money Penny. Yeah, yeah she's no cool. Lois Maxwell. This was the first new Money Penny uh, the series ever had. Oh, uh, was the first one. Yeah, the first one since the OG. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. I feel like Bond would have actually fucked this one. I feel like Bond did. Yeah, this one. yeah, I think so. You're probably right. He probably went over to her house, listened to that Barry Manilow collection, oh and they just God. got down. <laughs> oh, that yeah. was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so not to shit. I don't want to make it sound like we're shitting on Barry Manilow because I also have a Barry Manilow collection that I'm very proud of. That you also invite people to over. Oh, and every that, time it's that not like you said Barry Manhole collection. Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, okay. same. Oh, is that know what we're talking about now? That's his greatest hits collection. That's yeah, what they call it. it's called Manhole. <laughs> it's called Manhole. <laughs> yeah, and it's a picture of Barry Manilow, uh, Manilow coming up out of a sewer. Yeah, <laughs> and the manhole looks like a pizza. <laughs> That's a... Here's the thing: <laughs> that is the most select of groups. Knowing that inside joke. It's fine. It's fine. And it even took me a second to remember that. To the point where we're not going to talk about it anymore. No. No. Well, we never should. What song do you think? What Beer Man Love song do you think Money Penny uh, gets down to? Nobody? No. no. I can't. Uh, I wish um, <laughs> weekend in New England, maybe? God. Made it through the rain. Daybreak. I'm going to move on. You like Barry Manilow. We get it. Mm-hmm. Looks like we made it. Speaking of music, though. Ready to take a chance. We're again. introduced, or Q shows us, a boombox rocket launcher. I think this is what we were all thinking this about earlier. This is not what it's called. It's called a no. ghetto blaster. That he dubs the ghetto blaster that uh, he's making for the Americans. Now, this I, took me back. My and I had locked. to put on, yeah. I had to go back and put on closed caption to make sure I heard it correctly. It is a ghetto blaster. And then I went down a wormhole. Where that's appear- what they were called. That's what they were. Yeah. And here's why I'm cautious about it. I don't know who named them. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's true. Yeah, I don't know who gave them that name, so that's why I'm real cautious about I, this whole thing. <laughs> I remember them being called that in the 90s, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the origin of the name I am unsure of. Yeah, but yeah. I do have a fun fact about said boombox rocket launcher, which is what I will be calling it. Uh, yeah, I'm down with that. So the missile that was fired was fired by Prince Charles. Oh, my God. Look at that. Back around to the royal family. Yes. Huh. Yep. Who is now the king of England because the queen has died. Ah, yes. <laughs> Full circle. I am going to feel really bad by the time we post this if she dies. So, I don't want to be that guy. And just going to be singing God Save the Queen for the rest of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I might as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so him and Princess Diana were on set that day. So Aww. they let him shoot the missile. The I bet she was fucking miserable. Um, well, only because Charles is a terrible human being, so... Yeah, well, she had to see James Bond being filmed. I agree. I bet she was there for Dalton. Also. She also broke a uh, prop glass over his head. Good for her. Over so Charles? Charles or, uh, or, yeah. Over Charles's head. Wow. Oh, she was hoping it was real. Yeah, I'm sure she was. Nah. <laughs> um, so, from there, we are taken to the MI6 countryside headquarters. And uh, before we get... To the MI6 parts, we see a milkman <laughs> or introduced uh, just doing his job. And then uh, we got uh, Vanilla Ice comes running down the street. Sure does. And he strangles the milkman with his headphones, his Walkman. This Walkman is quite the weapon for this dude. What song was playing? So <sighs> that was one of the, of the two credit songs. One was by the Pretenders and one was by... Someone else, but it did have like a very Bond saxophone kind of vibe to it. 
It was I probably hope, one of the rejected ones. I hope he was yeah. jogging to the pretenders. Oh, just out there, <laughs> like we all do, just working out. Oh, so this guy it is not Vanilla Ice. This is the main henchman for the movie. His name is Necros, and he gets some play in this movie. Yeah, he does a lot. He, he does, does a lot. He is a working henchman and has no problem showing off. No, everything. Ugh. Just um, the, the fact that he is so obviously German, Koskov is supposed to be Russian, and then yeah. our main villain is American. I'm just like, all right, y'all. <laughs> we get, it's very we international. Ne- yeah. Well, not to mention, Koskov is 100% German. Yeah, um, yeah but he's supposed sure to be playing Dutch. in Russian. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. He, he's Dutch? I think he's Dutch. All right. In real life. All right. Um, but but yeah, uh, yeah, Necros looks like a straight up. Uh, Hitler fantasy. Yeah. Very Aryan. So Necros kills the milkman, puts on his clothes, and that's how he plans to sneak into the MI6 headquarters because they don't bother to check the milkman. Nope. He just At says, least not well. <laughs> flew. Well, like, they're like, okay, you're the milk guy. You can go right on to the, our secret base. He had milk bombs, y'all. <laughs> milk bombs. We're not there yet. We're but not. Th- that's so good. Saying, how did they? <laughs> um, um, it's crazy. So Bond shows up. He's driving a new Aston Martin. It's a redesign from the one that we've seen previously. I I really like this design. I know you have a couple of problems yeah, with it, I but think, I think it looks too American. It uh, lost its... I love it. I thought it was super cool. I mean, I think it's cool. I'm just saying it doesn't. Look very Aston Martin-y. It, the, the it V8, does have an American V8 design. Volante, is that what it's called? Yeah, whenever you throw a V8 in it, you're like, they're mm-hmm. trying to well you know, appeal to the American audience. I mean, yeah. well, well, it's just it looks like a I don't know. It's still dope, no doubt. Yeah, it's 100%. got like kind of some vet influences there. Yeah, it's just it's just mm-hmm. big. Yeah. It's just yeah, you know. yeah. But it's cool. So Bond shows up. He drives up to the base. He goes to a meeting with. Um, M and Koskov is there. The foreign minister. And the foreign minister. And Koskov starts telling them about this master plan that General Pushkin has to kill all the MI6 spies and spies around the world, basically. Um, now, Corey, uh, did you get a little uh, rock hard when Bond was going through all that gift basket he a little, brought? A little Bollinger boner? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bollinger Absolutely. boner, some caviar. It was like, Some hey. foie gras. Looks fun yeah. to me. James I love... knows how to yeah. make a picnic love basket. Q. Why is Q so He's upset just... when he hears Bollinger's like, okay, it's not that much more expensive than what you would have picked. Jeez, it's just champagne at the end of the day. I think it was the full basket. And Bond had a lot of nerve turning in that receipt for a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Why is Bond He's, delivering this basket? What is what are Bond's duties? Well, hey Bond, he knows this. Why don't you go pick up yeah. the gift basket? You, you you can take care of that, right, bud? Yeah. You know this guy really hates all our food here. Could you get him something he might like? I'm on it. Gonna head to Harris right now. I'm on the way, anyways. Yeah, I'll pick it up. No worries. Mm-hmm. So we get that plan. We hear. General Pushkin's name for the first time. We think he's going to be the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see Necros at it again, sneaking around doing milk things, and then he chokes out another guy with his <laughs> headphones. He loves it. It's his favorite weapon. And you know what? Right after this, 
I think we get the best fight of the movie. I don't disagree with you. And it's with just a random guy. Yeah. I, guys this, put a, a butler. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Necros and uh, it does a, butler, like a butler. A straight up butler. But I think he's a, uh, just an agent. Well, he's got to be, but he's like bringing in like people's dirty glasses. And I was they like. have a straight up scrap. Oh, I can't remember the last Bond movie where someone other than Bond has a really good fight. This guy took his job very seriously. This was a solid stunt, man. It was. Um, have any, and, either of you ever seen The Raid? No. The Korean movie? Yeah, a very good action movie, but there's a fight in the kitchen and The Raid. Maybe The Raid 2. That lasts no shit, like, I think 15 minutes. Because they go from, like, fists to knives to just blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. It is the longest, craziest fight I've ever seen. I was like, hey, I wonder if they took some took page out of this kitchen fight. Because this fight, again... It probably so. It was it was fun, but I was like, man, they're still fighting. <laughs> it it did have its parts. So at one part, Necros is trying to attack the guy with an electric carving knife. That was <laughs> astounding. I don't know how those work, but when he unplugged it, like he was making a real big effort to unplug it. But isn't it still just a knife afterwards? Yeah, you could stab somebody. Probably, you can definitely put it on someone's skin and saw. <laughs> Still, if you wanted to. But okay. if he just wanted to jab it through this guy's heart, I think it'd be perfectly fine. Oh, okay. I don't think so, actually. I think the point of it is not oh. very pointy. That's what I was wondering. Okay. There was a real effort to unplug it, but I was like, is it, just, is it still just yeah. a knife? He's like, ooh, don't cut me. It's like an escalator um, not It's working. a slicer, not a stabber, for sure. Ah, oh, well, yeah. that's shitty. I will say in the 80s, the electric knife gets a lot of play. It was like one of those brand new inventions, I guess, where they were like, isn't this great? I remember playing with one, playing. (laughs) I remember remember using one as a child. Interesting how she lived in Gory. I just don't understand how people thought it was better than a regular. I mean, it's like, like your whole hand (laughs) is shaking. The blade is like, it's like a jigsaw that's been like thrown down a hill. It is so wobbly. I don't understand. I've never understand that. I don't see them around very much anymore. No. Maybe, oh uh, no! Maybe they didn't. They didn't have the staying power. I think people said, "You know what? We'll we can go back to the old way." Just sitting, really doing too much. Yeah. So after the good fight, Necros hits this jujitsu butler with a pan and ends the fight, and then starts tossing these milk jars all <laughs> around the place and just exploding. Everywhere. I, maybe this was me. When he threw that first one, I did laugh out loud because I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> I, I, when he picked it up, I was like, okay, he's no way mm-hmm. he's just throwing milk at somebody. There's got to be something in oh. there. So I, I kind of knew something was up. But just like, if there was just milk, that would have been so good. I would have <laughs> He's just throwing jars <laughs> of milk at people. Get away from me. Uh, <laughs> so all this chaos is going on. Uh, Necros grabs Koskov and the, uh, admits the explosions. And okay, so you're like, oh, this is a KGB agent coming to take Koskov back to Russia. That's mm-hmm. what they want you to think. So, uh, this ruse is really thought out. They, this is a very really plotted ruse. So, Necros gets him out, uh, ambulance helicopter comes, and the first of many times that they impersonate doctors to get onto <laughs> flying implements. Occurs. At least what? Three or four times in this whole movie? <laughs> Thanks. It's he really crazy. Doctor, man. Uh, so they, they get Costco on the helicopter and they take him. So 
Koskov's no longer in MI6 possession. And I gotta say, uh, this guy that works for MI6, presumably, that helps him carry Koskov out, he ain't got shit on that butler, man. He is no. useless. That guy went yeah. limp. Oh, whoa, I was like, do anything. Scream. Yeah. <laughs> do something. Didn't do a thing. I th- he's more to blame than anyone in this whole situation. I almost thought he might have uh-huh. been in on it, man, the way he was doing nothing. No effort. Yeah. No effort. No. So after Koskov escapes, uh, we're back in MI6. James is talking to M about Pushkin and what needs to be done because now they actually think that Pushkin's in on it and that they're going to be killing some agents. But, ah, James knows Pushkin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a relationship, a prior relationship. Uh, but James is like, I'll do it. If someone's got to kill him, I'll do it. So he takes the mission to go hunt down Pushkin. Then from the- there's a lot of general Russian generals in this movie that you got to try and keep up with, because there's also Koskov, who was Pushkin's predecessor that they keep mentioning too. So there's just a lot they Wait, keep Koskov. talking about. Koskov, Koskov's the main or, guy. No, no, there. No, there's a general that was before Pushkin. This is the one we meet in Afghanistan. Yes, it's just. I can't remember his name, but yeah, there's another one in there. Anyway, well, who, the one we yeah. should pay attention to is Pushkin. Pushkin. Apparently, yes. it's supposed to be Gogol, but I think he, he, the actor couldn't do it or something, so they had to You know change. why, Corey? I don't know why. He was doing Sleepaway Camp Part 2. Is that actually true? No, I wish it was, but God, <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, he's in the end of the movie very briefly, but... Yeah. I'm, oh, I, I love the Gogol sighting at the end, yeah. 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 Google sighting. Oh, and the last one, right? The very I don't, think, I don't think he comes back anymore. This is the last time we get to see Google. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of sad. Well, do you wanna... well, we'll see him. We'll see him a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to what? I was going to say, do you want to recap his career again? Yeah, let's do that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I've already edited that, you assholes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, from, you from absolute there, monsters. From, from there we go back to Q and we get our gadgets. Um, so the big one here is a keychain with a whistle finder, which I think were very popular in the eighties. Yeah, really? Yeah, this is real deal, huh? This is oh, a real yeah. thing. It's like, a, so you couldn't find your keys, you'd whistle and it would beep, and you'd be like, "Oh, there's my keys." And apparently, if you were near any stereo. <laughs> it just would go off like it was very sensitive and oh, so they God, fell which, out of favor pretty quick i think which i need that now how did that not last i mean they still have stuff like that becca's got what is it the big white ring thing you just, you click just keep it. throwing people's names out there i tell you what anyway she's got <laughs> you, you you click it to find your phone not your keys yep you put it on your key ring it's pretty cool same same concept really the thing, this is the new Apple thing? I don't know what it is. It's like a big white disc that you put on your keys. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to get an argument with you. No need for all that. Um. Uh, <laughs> shut up! So this keychain, though, has a cute twist. If you <laughs> uh, whistle a certain tune, gas will come out uh, and put people to sleep. If you do a wolf whistle, a tiny bit of plastic explosives will explode. Which, it's also magnetized. It's also magnetized. Now, 
I don't know if I'd feel comfortable <laughs> walking around with a bomb that could be set off by yeah. a wolf whistle, which is a very common whistle. Yeah. In the gas, someone has cat trigger. calls in the middle of the street. Yes, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> or it just happens on TV and your leg blows off. Yeah, it's gone. And the whistle that sets off the gas is a very con- I've whistled that often. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. You whistle the what is it called the the well, yeah, I don't know, but fucking Q said it. And Bond knew, immediate, knew well, immediately what that's on. He's from Britain. Great Britain. He shouldn't know things like that. Oh, excuse the fuck out of me. I didn't know. But yeah, that's a design flaw, I will say. Oh, I agree. I just can't believe that was a real thing. Yeah, real popular for... Because I'm not going to lie, when Q was going over it, I was like, this seems like a very weird way to get to what you're trying to do, but now it makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. It also wouldn't have been a strange thing to see on someone's key ring. That's why it's... Got it. Yeah. Because I was like, well, that looks weird. <laughs> that looks weird. <laughs> I'd immediately assume that's some kind of spy gadget. Uh, I just love how it's not... I thought it was a key fob. It doesn't do anything but, like, beep. <laughs> it's, it's, no, that's it. It's such a beep. strange thing that we invented. I do have to bring up one thing, and this, this was wild. Q's eyebrows in this scene are absolutely insane. He could literally comb them upward and have a comb over. These Ooh. fucking things were so huge. It really took me aback. I think old Desi probably uh, knew something we didn't know about eyebrow sexiness. You know what? That could be it. I think so. Could be. You know, he was what? 93 in this movie. Yeah. He had good. Still, lay, still laying pipe. <laughs> still laying pipe. He had a good 15 years left before that car accident. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. He was like, look, I got only 15 years left. Can you imagine Q just railing his wife or an old girlfriend or whoever? Absolutely boyfriend? not. I <laughs> boyfriend? No, but I, but I can imagine like a weird sex play with James where they're just really mean to each other. <laughs> oh, no. That's... And we've, as we've said before, James Bond is a power bottom. So... 007. I do think you that have they, to do... Had, they were a lot... They had a nice relationship. I mean, James was still a little bit uh, prankstery, but uh, they were... They, they didn't seem like they hated each other. Like we started to it see was a little. Anymore. It was pretty professional. Yeah. I'll give it that. Uh, Dalton was not as playful as other Bonds. That's for sure. Right. Uh, but I'm okay with it. It was. More, it was. I it seems sincere. It was coy. Yeah. yeah I mean, little, he threatened to blow a him little, up. Little cheeky. He did. He did. Yeah. So, Q also gives James a another universal key, which is what we see. That's a very popular. It's a very popular very gadget. Very popular Q gadget. And I liked it, but don't get me wrong. It's no credit card key. It's no credit card key. Absolutely no. Uh, and then a couch eats a guy. Yeah, great That gadget. was fun. <laughs> great. That was fun. What? Well, Q's just like, hey, go ahead and take a seat. <laughs> All right, Q. Let's yep. show this thing off for yeah. no reason. The, they just, somebody built it and they said, we'll that's, throw it in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll use it somehow. That's fine. <laughs> But I mean, you got a real. That's an interesting gadget because that has to be planted somewhere and <laughs> ready to use. Yeah, yeah. Um. So from there, uh, James talks to Money Penny, uh, who has found some info on our sniper from the opening scene, Kara, uh, who is a celloist in 
Bratislava, the Bratislava Orchestra. So yep. that's our tip. That's how we get to our next scene. And James goes back to Bratislava to get some intel on the cello player. So he's watching her play the fucking cello. <laughs> he is. Um, and then while we're there, James starts to follow her. And then it looks like some, some thugs are actually following her too, which I don't know why for sure. It's Pushkin. Yeah. James mm-hmm. sees Pushkin and his like cronies, and they take care off of a tram and take her somewhere. But it doesn't really yeah. explain why they're following her. I guess it's because they knew she was with um, Koskov. Koskov. And he has disappeared. And I wonder if they're questioning her based on that. So they never say that they knew her, but that would make sense. Yeah. So, well, like we are led to believe still that Koskov was taken by the KGB. So, in theory, if you look at it from that view, they were trying to question her. Maybe he wasn't breaking or something. Uh, but in reality, he probably was going to question her because of the misallocation of the funds. All fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. I got to um, tell you, I didn't really think about it that hard. Uh, that's a good point, Blaine. <laughs> Corey made a good point. Wow. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, so she's taken, but Bond finds her cello case that she left, takes it into a bathroom. Real weird scene this here. This is a weird scene. Yeah, so I agree. So James goes into a bathroom stall, uh, opens the case, finds the gun that she used from the opening scene, or the initial scene where we saw her, realizes that the bullets in the gun were blanks. So James puts together that she was just faking like she was going to kill Koskov and that, oh, there's some sort of plot going on here. Uh, but this scene is so silly. It is. There's, a, there's a bathroom attendant just, I don't know, sweeping. Confused why Bond's in a stall? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, this was kind of boring. This whole part <laughs> for me. The uh, yeah, his, his investigation into into her. Yeah, I get that. Uh, so after that, Care goes back to her apartment. It's been ransacked. James shows up. They have some discussion. James is now pretending like he's working with Koskov. And that's how he gets Kara to join up with him. Which right. he carries on with that for way too long. You think so? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, James, when are you going to drop this ruse? <laughs> drop it, man. Probably you probably could have stopped after she started like sucking you off. Yeah. You know? In the Ferris wheel? Or maybe he wanted to keep that going. You so know what? Let's think why. about this a little deeper. What did he need her for? You know what I mean? I think purely he maybe wanted some information on Koskov in the beginning, realizing she didn't have it, started to want to bang her. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, continue on. That's true. <laughs> yep. That's a great point. Seems like uh, this type of movie, yeah. Uh, so uh, she's being watched by, uh, I guess, KGB, Pushkin's agents. So they got to sneak her out of the apartment. So they do that, and they pull a little tricks, little trickster on the guy that's outside of her apartment. Um, 
the the magical skills of this phone book setup is I yeah. love phone that. booth excuse me phone book yeah that's that's wild and uh this guy falls for it real hard hook line and stinker oh oh yes way to go so at this point <laughs> we know Koskov has faked his defection mm-hmm. so we got to figure that out now and um James takes her, and we're on our way. <laughs> we're trying to get yeah. to Austria. And we start that trek. We are now in the mountains. It is snowy. Yes. And we um, have a pretty long car chase sequence. I love this entire action sequence, it's, to be honest with it's you. It's solid. We, mm-hmm. we show off a lot of the new Aston Martin's gadgets. We start mm-hmm. off with lasers chopping the police car. has got a fucking laser. Car. Yeah. Uh, in half, mm-hmm. uh, we sh- shoot some missiles, blow up a barricade, a blockade. Mm-hmm. Um, we get onto a frozen lake. I gotta tell you, that missile to that truck was a really cool effect. It looked good. I don't know how. I don't know how they did that. To be honest, they shot a missile at a truck. I mean, that's the best I could come up with. Mm-hmm. But it was great. I mean, obviously, this is nineteen what eighty seven. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, CGI is not even a thing. So. That's a good practical effect, and I would also argue that a lot of those extras could have gotten really hurt by that. 17 people died in this movie. That seems right. Yeah. For 1987, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, another thing. This, this is the most decked out Aston Martin that I think we've seen. I agree. It has a heads-up display in the windshield. It sure it's does. Open. I was like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. very top gun of them. <laughs> yep. Um... So we we're, were still chasing. Uh, I didn't understand this. <laughs> James drives at the speed of light into like a shed yep. that's on the lake. Yep. But it doesn't. He doesn't bust out through it. He, he takes it with him. <laughs> he takes the shed with him. Well, this is but where then bust out through it. We it's like almost so it's almost as if and this feels very much like some of John Glenn's other movies there he has to have some sort of zaniness because this scene ends pretty zany that you're like driving a barn and then you're riding a cello case and I was it like, was very it felt very much like did John Glenn direct Moonraker no he uh, did do Octopussy though yeah okay, but it felt very much like it's a little less ridiculous than the gondola being driven around it's it's Italy, less ridiculous for sure it's still silly but see that and this might surprise you guys i really like those parts i really i, I know you do i know you oh do. yeah um so yeah so like Corey says they drive the aston martin it wrecks but they have to keep going so they open kara's cello case and use it to sled down the mm. mountain as they're being chased, I really liked it. By Rush, it's was fun. Just me. It's fun. It, it is it's fun. fun. But at this um, point, we have found out that that is a Stradivarius, the Lady Rose, the most expensive, like like instruments you can you can own. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's why when do we know at that point? That's a, I think she says it in the car. Scene? I think she says it in the car. I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, well, we can talk about it when we get to the car, but. Stradivarius is uh, quite expensive, like Corey said. And when later on, when Saunders said that Whitaker bought it for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, I was like, "Oh, that's real low. 
That's real low. Not what it, now would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And when, yeah. if you get a bullet in the Stradivarius, you can't fix that. That's not. No. That's oh, the, but she played it just fine. She, she, was, was, just like, she was just like. Yeah. <gasps> and also, he's like using it as, I don't know what you call that. as like uh, the, Steering? A rudder? Oh, there like, you go. A rudder. What is he doing? That is. Uh, it, was dry, it was driving me nuts. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how they escape into Austria via a cello case. Uh, but yeah, so this whole. Th- they really showed that car off. Let me try to, to go through all the things. Okay. Lasers. Mm-hmm. Missiles. Yes. Heads up display. Mm-hmm. Jet engine. Bulletproof windows. Bulletproof windows. Ice wheels, uh, right? Did it have spikes in the wheels? Spiky ice wheels. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Uh, the sled comes oh, out. Yes. The, the yeah. skis. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is a And a out. self-destruct button. Souped up. Does it have a self-destruct button? That's what he pushed, and it oh, blew up. wow, it does. Yeah. Yeah, so that car had to weigh like 27,000 pounds with all that gear. Yeah. Um, but really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So we escape into Austria, and then um, have about 15 minutes of just <laughs> boring-ass fuck, uh, in my personal opinion. Okay. Maybe you guys feel differently. Um, oh, shit. Never mind. Oh, okay. Never mind. I apologize. I got ahead of myself. I was going to say we're in Tangiers. We're in Tangier. I was jumped ahead to Austria. Um, ah. So, yes, I apologize. <laughs> we go to Tangier, Morocco. We're at a, a lovely estate on the water. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. And uh, Pushkin is there to meet with Brad Whitaker, mm-hmm. who is an arms dealer. American. American arms dealer. And we are at his house. And uh, as we, <laughs> we come in, he's got wax figures of uh, famous, famous conquerors, dictators. Yeah. Military leaders. Military leaders. Famous, horrible military leaders. I don't, I, I, I don't remember. I think they're all like pretty bad dudes. I, well, there was also one of Hitler. So there was, yeah, Hitler. But I saw Napoleon and uh, Caesar in there. Which, yeah, they were there. Well, you could argue that they were not they're, great. They're not the best. Not, no, but no. Hitler is unequivocally <laughs> not someone you want to have. A I think Genghis Khan of. was in the background. Like it, it was conquerors for sure. Yeah, and we should probably also mention. Every one of these wax figures had Brad Whitaker's yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was the worst <laughs> part. Did. And he's standing amongst them. Yeah. And- <laughs> uh, my note was, uh, I feel like this is something Trump has in one of his homes. Oh, God. Especially the Hitler one. Oh, my God. He has God. his own Hall of Presidents, but they're all his face. <laughs> they're all his face. This is George Washington. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so this is how we are introduced to Brad Whitaker, who I'm going to say is... The main villain of the movie, I think we purposes we have to say yeah, just we have to say I agree. Uh, And Whitaker here is played by Jodon Baker, who, (laughs) um, is in Goldeneye. Less than what a decade later, he gets to be another character as a CIA operative that helps James. And tomorrow never dies. He's back in that too, right? Yeah, yeah. He makes multiple appearances as a good guy. So we hear. Pushkin is speaking with Whitaker about an arms deal that Whitaker was he was supposed to be supplying 
the Russians with these fancy new weapons. Um, but Pushkin calls Whitaker out for basically not doing what he's supposed to do and wants to cancel the deal. And uh, he demands the money he gave them back. So, And I got to say, I, I really like... Uh... This is Jonathan Reese Davies. Jonathan Reese Davies. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I, do I too. wish he would have been the main bad guy. Yeah. I could have used some more. He played. I wanted a lot of him. Yeah, he played villainous roles, I believe. Also Gimli, notably, he, and also Sala from. <laughs> he the was Agents. Sala. Yeah, your favorite movie. I love. I yeah. love Raiders. Raiders. He's also mm-hmm. in uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, he sure is. He comes back. Yeah. Yeah. He sure is. But yeah, he's he's great in this movie. Uh, Whitaker, I don't even, I don't really understand <laughs> what's going on here. Yeah, he's uh, horrible. <laughs> he's I was like, just like, what? Yeah, it's the worst. Um, fun fact about Whitaker's mansion here: <laughs> that is actually owned, was owned by Malcolm Forbes of Forbes Magazine, hmm. and all those toys were actually his. Oh my goodness! Okay, yeah, yep. and I'm that's upset. enough. I'm upset by that. <laughs> yeah, you know that's enough to that should make everyone never read that fucking pretentious magazine yeah, ever again. Yeah, so John Glenn, the director, they were on site and they're like, "That'd be a great place." Forbes said, "Hey, you can use the house." And then they saw all those miniatures and they're like, "Let's work these into the movie," and they did. You know, besides the fact it's, I'm sure he's a rich asshole. I think of twenty by twenty twenty two. If we haven't learned anything, anyone who puts their fucking name on something they own as their business is an asshole. I think we need to just settle on that. That's tough because like local business owners have put their name. <laughs> I'm about, not talking about, about Jim's like Hardware. A, I'm talking about Forbes Magazine. What about Newman's Own? <laughs> that all goes to charity. Well, that, you I mean, asshole. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind Tom, that what one. What about Tom's shoes? <laughs> oh, Tom's a real asshole. There's examples. Tom's a dick. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, we get it. By the way, Bert. Saying. Bert's a great guy, too. What do you feel about Ernie? Bert. Oh, that queen? I have oh. nothing to say about him. <laughs> so from there, we are then taken to the boring part. We are now in Austria with uh, James and Kara riding around in a carriage. It's a very interesting set of scenes that come from all yeah, of this. They just wanted to show off Austria. We yeah. get this we Oh, no joke. I wrote down I was like, "You guys want to move there with me cuz It's beautiful. I bet they need podcasters there." But we didn't need to see the dancing. I didn't care. It uh, was boring. I I don't disagree with you and there's even more I thought we maybe shouldn't have seen. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of pitter-patter. Even when they get to the hotel, mm-hmm. there's some more pitter-patter between Kara and James. And that's, honestly, all I wrote was pitter-patter. I don't know <laughs> what they talked about. Here's the thing. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. of course. It's like just little time wasters almost. Yeah. yeah. Just, we could have cut that out. Um, and then from there, we're taken back to Whitaker's house. And this is where we see Koskov and Necros are both at Whitaker's house. I'm like, okay, all these cats are working together. Mm-hmm. It was all a ruse. Uh, Koskov is knee-deep in women, and Necros does not care at all. Doesn't care. He's just out there with that blue Speedo on. I want to look good. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's fit. 
he he's given off major twunk vibes. Twunk. Yeah, he's upgraded from twink and he's now in twunk status. Okay, I can see it with his little speedo for sure. For um, sure. So there, they uh, we find out Koskov lied about Pushkin. Pushkin's not involved in this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Koskov suggests, hey, we should uh, uh, kill another agent to uh, kind of get this ruse continued. Yep. So that's what they aim to do. Very aggressive toward a lobster in this scene. As oh, well. man, he was eating it like an animal. Whitaker, American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. American. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> hey, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're back in Austria. Uh, we're at an opera. Yeah. With... Kara and Bond, and hey, look, there's Saunders. Saunders is here too. Saunders just was there to, for the opera. Yeah, he was, he was. Bond's over here, like, God damn, I gotta waste time ah, with this bitch. Fuck this um. fucking guy. Uh, so they're gonna meet up and discuss the mission at some point, but not before uh, James and Kara go to a carnival and go on a Ferris wheel ride and have some more pitter patter. <laughs> and we need to mention that all of this, the roller coaster, the bumper cars, yeah. everything is done with James Bond in a full-fledged f- tuxedo. Yep. <laughs> yep. He goes to the shooting gallery. Yeah. I do like when he wins the elephant and then looks at its trunk like it's a cock. He makes a face. <laughs> he goes, mm, look at this thing. That, that might only be you, but I'll believe you. Don't Go back and watch like it. Okay. He eyes it and then looks at her like, look at this thing. He just licks it a little bit. Um, Stuffs it in her mouth. <laughs> Here's your toy. Um, I do like the fact that the, uh, the guy running the stand's like, okay, look, no more. You're obviously a professional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you showed up here in a fucking tuxedo, you weirdo. So, um, so Oh, I'm, hold on. I'm sorry. Are we fucking boring you how, over how there? You, how about you fuck <laughs> off? Because sometimes <laughs> you're, we're allowed to yawn. It's 10 o'clock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can't yawn. So, Jesus. Oh, we'll speed it along. So I know. Talking. Corey's got something um, to do. So James obviously pays to have the Ferris wheel stop at the top <laughs> so he can fuck Kara. Um, it's all the pitter-patter. Golly. <laughs> so much pitter-patter. <laughs> By the way, Kara gives in to Dalton real quick, which she, I don't blame her. She opens up. Yeah. He, he's uh, like, he's, you, he's pressuring a little. He's like, it'd be all right. It'd be yeah. Fine. Hey, Koskov's my friend. We're fine. Buddies fuck each other's girls. It's yeah. fine. Uh, that's, the, that's the Western way. Yeah. Eastern block, <laughs> dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're at the top of the, the Ferris wheel, I will say... Necros down there with the balloons creeping around. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, little, little creepy. A little silly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really creepy. Um, Not to mention, I think the props department got the shittiest balloons for Necros to carry. Uh, they. This might just be me. How do you judge the quality of balloons? I'm just saying, they looked like. Are you a uh, balloon expert? I am. I will have you know. My first job was at a party store blowing up I balloons. I do remember that. I do remember that. There you go. He is a balloon expert. I am a balloon expert. So, fuck off. You you heard it here first. Uh, Oh, damn. Um, So, uh, James is supposed to go meet with Saunders at, like, I guess, the cafeteria. 
Yeah. Of the carnival. In the middle of the carnival, yeah. Cafe. So, yeah, he said cafe. cafe. Yeah, so he goes and talks to Saunders, and then Saunders goes to leave. They finally Necros- get along, which is great. Yeah, they, they yeah. Have, they're like, oh, we got some rapport going. And then Necros kills him with a sliding glass door. Yeah, <laughs> well, a couple of things. It would have been funny if, I mean, the way it led up to Saunders' death, it was like, yeah, you know, I retire tomorrow. Me and the wife are going to go to. <laughs> yeah. You never do that. This you is my last mission. You never. Never do it. I, this this whole sequence is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I sign my life insurance policy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so they have that. He gets killed mm-hmm. by this sliding door. Yeah. And then I don't know what kind of magic powers necros has but he makes a lone balloon float up to james with the the phrase spirit smeon like it style yes it's so perfect james catches it now i will say dalton's a good actor here Mm -hmm. uh, because you can see like you can see the pain behind those eyes he's angry he's mad Mm -hmm. he's got he's oh frustration there and he's he's on the he's like i'm about to kill this asshole kill i'm gonna pop this balloon i'll pop that that twonk. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to kill this Aryan twonk. <laughs> this Aryan twonk. So are we, by the way, I just want to ask, are we saying that Saunders got cut in half by this? Story? I don't know how no, they're saying he died. I don't think so. I think it just was very fast Im- and it like smushed his head. Impact. So we're thinking maybe crush the skull, brains popping out? Yeah, all that's that? what I, maybe Because it doesn't out, show but... his body, which leads me to believe they're trying to imply that it's a horrendous scene. That's the reason I'm asking. I there don't was know, the glass. blood. There was definitely blood, so yeah, it had to have done something drastic. So uh, I guess we could agree he's either chopped in half or his head got crushed. We'll go with that. I don't know. He's dead. I right. never say he's dead, but I'm assuming he's dead. Here's my. I thing. mean, he's one hundred dead. Yeah. If the glass shattered, I have a hard time believing it chopped him in half before it shattered. I well, agree. there was still a metal, or yeah, there was like a steel frame around the glass. So that could have done the job. Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll check with our sliding door guy. Yep. Oh, you know what? Well, Corey, and you know uh, what? email Dalton. Ask him what he, he thinks. Our sliding door guy's business has his last name in it. So, you know. Oh, what's his name? Um, Harris Chuck. Chuck Harris? Yeah. Yeah, he's no, an asshole Harris too. Chuck. He's like a... Uh, you got the Wynn Hotel owned by that Wynn guy. Big asshole. Wyndon? Huh? Hilton? No, there's a ho- hotel guy named Wynn. W-Y-N-N. He has hotels named Wynn. Hmm. Hmm. Um, big asshole. Uh, there was somebody else big in New York. He kind of moved down to Florida. If I could just remember that asshole's name. Um, I think so he had from, some kids. From um, there. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> one of his kids was in the news. Uh, yeah, I wish I could remember who that guy was. Um, uh, he liked uh, Russian girls to piss on him. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, so from there, we're back in Tangier. Uh, James is following Pushkin and spying with tiny binoculars, just getting an idea of what Pushkin's up to in light of Saunders' death. Okay, now, I just want to say this. It does not move anything along that we're doing, but I did notice a note I wrote down. And I've been staring at it while you've been talking for a little bit and trying to figure out what I meant, but uh, I wrote down... It's weird to see Bond at this fair in a casino. I meant to put tuxedo and I wrote casino. That's, <laughs> that's what an idiot I am. Yeah. 
Yes, continue on with this. You were saying, why did I write that? <laughs> oh, that was that was, Corey. No joke, because uh, had to go back. <laughs> Where in the casino? Casino was huh? the cafe okay. a casino. <laughs> so after that, we are in uh, a hotel. Uh, Push Pushkin is going to go see his lover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's bringing her flowers, uh, but James is in there. He ruins things. Throws Pushkin down, threatens him, tries to get some more information. Um, I do like before this when Bond's reconning the hotel and Pushkin. How conspicuous those fucking binocular glasses are that he's wearing. It's like, well, if you weren't aware that someone was watching this hotel, I think you can tell now. It's that guy just sitting there. Yeah, he's been sitting there for a few hours. You've just put on those glasses that are binoculars. Um, So... Bond is interrogating Pushkin about the spirit spionum. <laughs> and apparently that was some program that they had mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, and he says, hey, I got nothing to do with this. We were trying to arrest Koskov for misappropriating state funds. So we're figuring out more information. Um, and uh, I got to say again, Dalton gives a great performance in this. I, uh, in this scene, this hotel room scene, a little aggressive. I will say, um, well, the next thing he does, too aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will say he makes an interesting choice here. Uh, this very next moment, I would After, say, yeah. Pushkin mm-hmm. pushes like an alarm on his watch, so uh, one of his agents comes in. So James's idea is to aggressively snatch the clothes off of the woman who has done nothing but cooperate this whole time. I just, how was that the plan? Like, it was the a guy's terrible one. Come in. Seer titties, pause just long enough for James to attack him. But James could have very easily have just stood behind the door. Yeah, there was no the reason for that to happen. Thing. Yeah, I totally agree. I even wrote that down. Just I was like, there's no reason ruined, he had to ruin her day. If oh. it wasn't already ruined, it's so fucking ruined. And then it only gets worse as we continue along. He <laughs> tears her clothes off and throws her back in her face. Get your ass yeah. in the bathroom. Although, we do see full on side boob. And nipple, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I a lot forget- of that too in our opening. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting that sometimes that stuff just finds its way into these PG there was movies. A, there was a tip mm-hmm. right there. Um, so Bond doesn't kill Koska. I mean, uh, Pushkin. Although they make a plan, apparently. So I, I, this scared the shit out of me when I was watching it. <laughs> this scene. So Bond is pointing his gun at Pushkin in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the next scene and there's like a loud hammer, like a gavel oh. smacking the table. And it caught me so off guard. Um, I don't know you why. jumped a little I bit? I was a little jumpy, but yeah. It's funny it, you mention that because you know what scene I jumped at? When they're walking through the carnival in that fucking fun house thing. Oh, yeah. The monster. I was just I like, jumped at that. I don't know. Why is this such this why is this the scariest Bond movie? Um yeah, so we're at this event. We just cut to this event. Uh Pushkin gets up to talk, and then James pops up from the balcony, <laughs> uh just fucking John Wilkes Booth style, and shoots Pushkin. Mm-hmm. We think he shoots Pushkin uh in the chest, right there on the stage, and then Necros pops up, and we got another we got a chase on our hands. So they think James killed Pushkin. Police start chasing James across rooftops. And um, 
yeah, yeah. We were just running um, over these roofs. Over these roofs. Over these roofs. And then James is picked up by uh, two attractive females driving a giant red. 1950s Impala in the middle of Tangiers. Big. Who's these ladies? This is suspicious. Yeah. Uh, And I love after everything, they still didn't include Pushkin's lover in in on the ruse. So she also thought he was killed in cold blood. Worst few days of this woman's life. (laughs) By far. She's sitting there crying at his body. Gets over pretty quick, though. She's smiling and grinning seconds later, so she must be a little bit vapid or something. That poor girl. And can we agree, we all love Jonathan Reese davies but this woman was way out of his league, for sure. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know, he's also, he's literally the... Preeminent president, whatever they are, of Russia at the time. So the I, I preeminent president of Russia. All right, <laughs> all right. Whatever. His fucking, title is. fucking historian Corey over here. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say czar, and I was like, that's not a thing anymore. What is he called? <laughs> you know what? We can move on. <laughs> so uh, preeminent presidents aside, so these girls uh, take Bond hostage apparently, and then take him to a yacht um, on. Which is our friend Felix Leiter. We get a Felix Leiter in this movie. I don't movie. understand all the pretense every time like they interact. <laughs> like, why do we got to go through? Why couldn't those girls have just said, "Hey, yeah, we're, we're take with you Felix. To Felix. We're yeah. the CIA. Bond, get in. We'll take you to Felix yeah. and figure this out." What's up with that? Yeah. Why? Why did they have to be in such deep there's cover? A, there's enough ruse going on in this movie that I don't need this little nugget. Yeah. Um, you could like, why? make the argument that they did think he, he just killed the leader of Russia, and they're like, let's 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 be better safe than sorry with this guy. Well, what if Bond killed them? Wouldn't Felix feel bad about that? <laughs> True. It was yeah. a joke, man. It was. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, but I do like that every time in these movies we do have to get Bond going. Felix Leiter, great to see you, because he changes Slider. every fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> We got a name drop. Yeah. Um, so Felix has been watching Whitaker. That's why he's there in Tangier. He's been doing surveillance on him. So they have some talk on the yacht. And then uh, we're shown Whitaker's house again. Uh, Koskov gets a phone call. It's Kara. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, it was Kara. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and How'd she get his number? I don't know. Whitaker bought her a fucking $150,000 Stradivarius. Okay. Maybe he knows the number. Uh, so then we're right back at Bond's place, and Karen and James have a drink. We get some more pitter-patter. James finally tells her the truth. Uh, and, what? Well, Bond's been poisoned. Yeah. What do you know? And in comes Necros in his <laughs> best surgeon gear. Yeah. Looking just evil. Uh, they had lab jackets going around in this movie, didn't they? They had, mm-hmm. uh, they had a, they had a lab jacket guy. Yeah, on standby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bond is taken captive by Koskov and Necros. They are again rusing as medical transporters. They're transporting a heart. Yeah, <laughs> and and the patient. <laughs> And the, <laughs> it's going in this guy here. Yeah. Um, we can't do the surgery here. So they they do this to get onto a plane. Uh, 
with Koskov, Necros, Kara, and James, this heart thing, they've they've snuck <laughs> diamonds into the ice in and this let's, cooler, yeah. transporting a heart that's attached to uh, some sort of electrical pulsating device <laughs> to keep it beating. Is that? Did they do that? No. Was it no, beating? That's I not thought it was just a hard on ice. No, it was beating. It was moving it was beating. for no yeah, reason. That's why they had that's those cables beating. in it. They were shocking it. I wasn't um, even paying can I just say? I guess. <laughs> no, it was moving. It was very weird. Um, can I also just say, I didn't realize that this was supposed to be ice until later on. I immediately thought they were diamonds because um, it was the fakest ice I've ever seen. Oh, it was, glist- were- it was glistening and shining. <laughs> they were yeah. Di- they were very mm-hmm. much diamonds. It, yeah, like this plan itself is crazy. There's a lot of wild plans. Um, <laughs> so we're on the plane. Uh, James looks at the heart, sees it, sees the diamonds in there, and then has a conversation with Koskov, uh, and says, "Who again lies?" And says yeah. he is working for Pushkin. Uh, this guy's just—he's all over the fucking he's place. He's a trickster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then from there, we land in Afghanistan where the Soviet Union was currently having a war. Oh, yeah, they played into that a whole lot in yeah, this movie, they don't really, they? Yeah, uh, they mm-hmm. really go hard on that. Um, so Koskov uh, basically betrays Kara mm-hmm. and gives Kara and James both to the, I don't know, the base police? <laughs> yeah, I'm not... <laughs> I don't know who these people are. <laughs> the base police. The Afghan-Russian base police? I do just want to point this out for the viewer. Blaine has a very good uh, James Bond book. And for this movie, they listed the um, the bad guys of this movie. And this jailer gets a big call out in this movie. He's God. called the, the jailer. This guy yeah. jailer. sucks. So this they take Bond and Kara into a, a, a jail a holding cell. Uh, Jason Matzukas is there. Um, <laughs> One hundred percent. As one of the yeah. uh, one of the current prisoners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, fucking chatterbox, golly. But our friend from True Lies, our friend from True Lies. Yes, mm-hmm. Cameron Shaw's will be introduced to later. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the jailer's just being an asshole, beating up James. They get into a fight. James uses his whistle keychain to <laughs> put him to sleep. Uh, this fight's not great. Um, no, no. Not a great fight. Uh, James wins. They throw some keys to uh, Matt Zukas, and uh, they escape. <laughs> they jump over the fence, and uh, the other prisoner follows, and bam, out of nowhere, a bunch of people pop up, from camouflage, it's the Mujahideen. It is. Who Some, like, were Dune, current... Yeah, Dune style coming out like Fremen. Yeah, so... Who would have thought in just a very few short years uh, we would think differently about the Mujahideen? We were all about them when they were fighting the Russians. Loved them. Loved them. We were giving them a lot of weapons. And Here, take all these weapons. Changed our tune. This should uh, never uh, come back and bite us. About 15 years later. Yep. Um, so... Uh, James and Kara go with the Mujahideen <laughs> um, <laughs> to their little stronghold. 
and uh, we find out that the other prisoner that James set free was is the the leader of that particular section, Cameron Shaw. Um, and uh, they just he gets talk. cleaned up real quick. Yeah, they clean up. He they talk. His, it looks great. I don't know. They don't. They don't. They don't need to have this conversation. I do just want to point out this gentleman's name is Art Malik. Art Malik. Yeah, and uh, it's a great name. Great Art name, Malik. Great name. Cool accent he has. Yeah, he's actually just British. So yes, I think yeah. Yes. And he um, becomes like I mean, he's like talking about how he went to Oxford. I was like, oh, he's just yeah, yeah, just a British. Like guy, another I guy I know that led a group of people in uh, Afghanistan. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? World history? Lawrence Arabia? Uh, no. <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Oh, British. Uh, um, yes. If you don't remember, Osama bin Laden led uh, the 9-11 issue. Well, this is pre-9-11, as you said. Uh, it is pre-9-11. He led um, the 9-11 issue. The um, issue, if you believe that kind of thing. <laughs> so there's I'm a lot sorry, of I'm things. throwing Blaine off. Continue. There's a lot of things in this scene. I, a lot of this was just unnecessary. There's a part where they're looking out the window at like a mean guy for a few minutes. <laughs> for no yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't guy. being nice, was he? Yeah. He's just the mean guy um, doing some pretty terrible things. Was that a lady who was doing that too? I, they, who knows? You never know with who these tali- Taliban's. The Taliban's. So Cameron and James kind of make a plan that they're going to go. They have some sort of mission they're going to do in the morning. But James is trying to get back to the Afghan base to stop Koskov. Um, so James goes back to the room to talk to Kara. Uh, some more pitter patter, and they, <laughs> I think they have sex. Who knows? Uh, one hundred percent. But yeah. it's again, it's another boring scene. I don't like their scenes together. Is it just me? Um, there's it's it's a sharp shift in his like he's this very kind of intense serious guy, and then whenever he's around Kara, he's all of a sudden like very sensitive and soft yeah it's it's just because it's a sharp contrast if he if they found a way to mesh both of those personas together i don't think it would have bothered you as much there's something also about the background music that they play whenever they're together that's so boring (laughs) just just putting me to sleep like a lullaby Mm -hmm. well i think that's very pretenders. i think that's the pretenders song Ugh. (laughs) i think it's an instrumental version of it i'll pretend it was aha how about that Uh aha um so the next morning, they go with the Mujahideen to their little mission, and uh, look at this. They're selling opium to the Russians. The Russians are paying them with the heart diamonds to buy the opium. Whitaker's going to take the opium, resell it for huge profit. Took me more than one watching of this scene to figure out what was going on. So that's what Whitaker did with the money that the Russians gave him. Was yeah. Instead of buying the opium with the money, he bought diamonds. And, and then, then bought and then, and then yeah. bought opium. Yeah. I, it's very strange. There's a lot Whitaker's doing. Um, so they're loading all this opium into the Russian trucks. Necros is there. James sneaks into the truck, loads a bomb into one of the sacks. <laughs> and his plan is he's going to blow up all the opium and that way the Mujahideen still gets their money and he gets to take out all the opium and Koskov in one fell swoop and ruin Whitaker's plan um, but it doesn't go smoothly 
No, it almost no. does until James fucks up. This is true. This is true. So they make it to the base. Now James is loading all the opium into this sand, this airplane. James gets on the airplane, takes his little bomb out, hides it, and is just going to get off. This whole time he's been wearing a disguise, he's had yep. a, uh, a wrap around his face until the part where it fucking mattered. Yeah. The one scene where he needed it the most. If he would have just wrapped his face up, he could have just walked away. But he takes his little shawl down from his face, Mm -hmm. and Koskov sees him, and then we have this huge battle. Yeah, this was a big action sequence, too. Big set piece here. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Mujahideen comes. They come to assist Kara and James. They're shooting. I love the horseback RPG shooting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was legit. Uh, they had some experience doing that. Um, <laughs> and would in the future. Yes. Um. So, again, James is making strange choices here. So he's got this bomb on the airplane. Uh, but then he decides to take the airplane. Yep. He could have very easily just gotten off, and no one would have found that bomb no, before no. the timer went off. Mm-hmm. Could have just... They might have, you, you could argue that someone might have like, what was he doing in there? Go check. Mm, in the maybe. middle of this huge <laughs> battle? It's a big old maybe. If it's a big uh-huh. maybe, that's true. So James And then we the, wouldn't get this fun little scene in an airplane. You wouldn't. Mm-mm. So James steals the airplane. Uh, Kara chases him in a Jeep, drives the Jeep into the plane, uh, but not before Necros is able to jump on board. Yeah. So they're flying the airplane. Left the damn door open. Left the damn door open. Fucking (laughs) Silk Sonic over here. There's a lot about Kara's pilot (laughs) skills that are to be questioned. Yeah, Kara's not a good pilot. No. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) James thinks they're they're scot-free. He hands over the controls of the airplane to Kara while he goes to defuse the bomb that's in the cargo hold. Uh, Kara immediately starts flying this like she's drunk. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, very dangerous. Uh, but Necros is in the plane, and they get into a, a solid fight, and then yeah. Kara dumps them out of the airplane, but they grab onto the cargo net and have a mid-air battle. That was pretty good stunt. I gotta say, this is solid, solid yeah. work. And I watched I the mean, behind yeah. the, mm-hmm. I watched the behind the scenes on this, and it was an absolute nightmare for the stunt, <laughs> the stuntman. I can imagine. Uh, so, especially once they cut the ropes and the baggies fell out, yeah, you can see it start flapping like really. Oh hard. yes, that um, that was. Very troublesome because all I could think of is hit your they head, didn't want fall that. Off. Yeah, they didn't want that to happen. Yeah. So they had guys in the plane that every time someone fell off, they would jump out to go try to catch them okay. in case they were like oh. unconscious so they oh, could open God. their parachutes for them. Wow. Wow. So it was a sketchy setup. Just to make this fucking movie. <laughs> Just to make this fucking scene. Uh, so James and Necros have a midair fight on this cargo sack. Uh, it's it's solid scenes, cool stunt, cool action sequence. Mm-hmm. But the way Necros dies, so stupid to me. Mm. Yeah, he okay. could, there was more rope that he could have grabbed. He just why really was he holding on to the shoe? He yeah. had to hang on to that boot. He was hanging on to James's shoe. James cuts his shoestrings to make the <laughs> shoe fall off. Yeah, but he was surrounded by grabbable rope. Mm-hmm. Made no sense. Could have 
tried a little harder there, Necros. But anyways, Bond kills Necros. <laughs> the minute falls that knife came out, I mean, I would just be like, I'm going to just do a safety hook on my other hand. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. What's going on? I'll just grab something else. <laughs> so Necros falls. He dies. Unless, I mean, he's got good genes, obviously, but he probably died from the fall. Well, you never uh, know. You never, never know. know. You never Could know. be one of those Nazi superhumans. That lady from the, fr- uh, the, the opening Uba sequence. Could have been oh, there you there. go. Um, so they he, he gets back into the plane, defuses the bomb. They fly over some more battle that's going on. <laughs> well, I also got to point out in this scene, Kara's been flying the plane. Bond finally gets back up to the cockpit. <laughs> now, Kara's been flying this plane for a minute now. She turns to the window and sees the mountain coming up maybe a few feet from her. It's like, what have you been doing? What did you do this whole time? <laughs> James squeezes out a one-liner before yeah, he has to like yeah. jump in the pilot seat and fix him from almost snatch the plane up. <laughs> She's like, oh no. It's like you've been heading to this. For the last 20 minutes. What is the surprise? <laughs> Just pull up. <laughs> so stupid. Um, so they fly over the battle. Uh, Mujahideen's attacking some more Russians. James drops the bomb. Blows up a bridge. Everyone's happy. Uh, oh, but the fuel tanks have been shot. The propellers are stopping. James has to crash land the airplane, but how do they do it? There's nowhere to land. Mm-hmm. So James, they get into the Jeep that's within the cargo hold, yep. open the parachute, and launch out of the back of the airplane and seamlessly drive off. It's pretty great. Honestly. It's perfect. It's really it's perfect. It's pretty great. Absolutely uh, would never go that well in a million yep. years. Yep. They were going so fast when they came out of the back of that airplane. Those um, wheels would have shot off like bullets. They also would have just been slung out of that motherfucker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of like that, like we didn't mention earlier when James parachutes out of the Land Rover or the Jeep, his, his, all of his bones would have, would have broken out of that coming out of that <laughs> hole. There's just no way to perfectly yeah, do would, this. He would have got goosed for sure. <laughs> he would have got goosed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He got goosed. Um, so uh, we land and uh, James just drives away to Karachi to go f- get his dinner plans. Um, and you think, hey, that would have been a good place to end the movie. <laughs> but nope. not. Nope, yeah, nope. That would have that worked. That <laughs> yeah. been been great. There's still, t- it was like fucking Return of the King. Yeah, we got to really close this up. Seven more endings. <laughs> um, so then we're, we're at Whitaker's place, and uh, James is working with the CIA, and they're raiding uh, Whitaker's house. And uh, James and Whitaker have a showdown. J- Whitaker gets out this his fancy uh, American Gladiators gun. Yep. And, uh, and Bond, have... you can literally shoot him anywhere else but where you're shooting. I know. <laughs> well, he did say the body armor he's wearing is very strong or something. I think he did oh, shoot I thought he was chest. talking about the window. I think, yeah. he's, he's, I think he was shot in the chest a couple times. And it, and okay. Like, well, then that makes more sense. I think you might be giving him a little more. <coughs> Some more. Excuse me. Excuse me. Ah, so, that was uh, uh, the ghost of Radon Chong. Radon Baker. Radon Chong. Jodon Baker. Radon Chong. Well, it's been too long since I haven't fucked up a name. I had, I had well, it coming. Um, so they <laughs> fight in Whitaker's little miniature battlefield. 
Uh, <laughs> James uses his whistle keychain to smash Whitaker with a statue. Crushed him to death. Yeah. And then Pushkin shows up and shoots Whitaker's guards. <laughs> we really come full circle here at this yeah. this this place. It was his Waterloo. Ah. We didn't mention the little little cannonball kid. Oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Whitaker's got some tricks at his house, (laughs) or Forbes does. That's I I don't know. I wonder if that is is that little cannonball kid. Is that Forbes cannonball (laughs) kid? I don't know, but I know the Hitler statue probably was (laughs) with with Whitaker's face. So at this point. Pushkin saves James, and then Pushkin takes Koskov to go get some Russian justice. Koskov and being the skeeviest of skeeves in this scene. Just keeps looking at James. He's like, I'm totally getting away with it. <laughs> Got away with this bitch. <laughs> um, and then we're taken to another goddamn concert. By the way, th- I did write this down in this scene. It, you might have to go back and look at it, but I was like, isn't it interesting? That all these concert halls look the exact same, except for a little different color in their window dressings. <laughs> this was the same fucking set for all three. I'm sure. I believe it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and we're there. And fun fact about this, the conductor at this concert was John Barry. Oh, well, that's very nice. That is nice. Yeah. I like that. I thought... John Barry is the composer for almost mm-hmm. all the Bonds, mm-hmm. all the Bond movies. Sure yeah, so was. They gave him a little, a little nod there. They should have. But that was him. Yeah. Am I he really made was this movies. his last one? No, right? Uh, he I might. Know. I might be licensed to kill. I don't know. Okay. Not sure. But he definitely didn't do gold. Uh, Goldeneye. No. Yeah. We'll look. Oh, that's it up. very cool. We'll, I like that. We'll I did not. Uh, that's a cool fun fact. That he that is a doing. cool fact. Mm-hmm. So Kara's up there playing the symphony. Uh, the Mujahideen show up fully strapped. <laughs> yeah, with, like their AK 47s yeah, and RPGs, uh, just to go congratulate Kara on her uh, performance. And, and we then, get uh, to see Gogol. Last time we Gogol see Gogol. Appears. And then uh, then he goes off to bigger and better things like Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp, Camp Two and Puppet Master Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, James goes, or Kara goes up to the room, and there's James, and they fuck, and that's how we end the movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's the living daylight. And that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. All right. I, I, you know, and then in the next movie, when we find out in License to Kill, when we find out Kara's dead, and... Uh, Bond just can't get over it. Everybody keeps bringing it up, and it's really sad. Oh, God, really <laughs> sad. Bye. Oh, my God. M, M comes up to him just out of nowhere and is like, hey, still upset about Kara? And he's like, yeah. Always. No. Me <laughs> always. Ugh, fucking nope. Vesper. So before we take a break and before we get to our awards, just some more fun facts. Oh, please. I love it. So. The Jeep coming out of the back of the airplane. That was a miniature. Oh. Couldn't tell. Okay. I couldn't tell. Um, Did a very good job. The, uh, the bridge being blown up. A miniature. That one I could tell. Um, okay. There's right. two miniatures used. The first one where they just fly over it. That's a really tiny one. And then that one was only about three feet tall. And then the one they blow up is probably 15 feet tall. It's just how, uh-huh. like... Stuff, it's how it was crumbling. It 
Yeah. I don't know. It didn't look like it was exploding as much as it was just crumbling. I don't know. I was it didn't there look for bad. all didn't look no, bad. I was in there. Sure. Uh, other things. So while they were in doing their Afghanistan shooting, um, they had a surgeon on set just in case any mishaps occurred. And there was actually a guy who fell off one of the horses and severed his brachial artery. And they had to do emergency surgery. And do you know who the nurse was for the surgeon during this? Was it Maude Adams? It was Barbara Broccoli. Oh, shit. Okay. She had to actually do this (laughs) surgery. Man. uh, Yeah. Good for Barb. Right? Yeah. Fun. God, and, I was uh, really hoping it was Maude Adams, though. No, it wasn't Maude Adams. That would have been great. <laughs> that would have been good. And uh, there's a deleted scene. I've told you guys about this off air where uh, James kind of rides a magic carpet <laughs> in Tangier. Yeah. If you can find that somewhere. Uh, it's got to be somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. Uh, but I heard about it. But that's all. So mm. we can take a short break. We'll come back, give out our awards, do our scoring system, and see where the Living Daylights ranks in this competition. Sound good? I like it. That sounds good. All right, let's take a break. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I... uh... Had something stuck in my throat, but welcome back. Oh, man. Uh, we are back from our break. <clears throat> we should definitely not do that again. Uh, we'll just leave it as welcome. is. Welcome. Uh, I think that should be our standard welcome back. Uh, now. Just a little chop in the throat there. Oh, but man. We are here, and we are ready to dive right into our awards for The Living Daylight. So, mm-hmm. as we always do, we will be giving out awards for best death, best line, and our... This made the final cut? Yeah. So, yeah, Corey, why don't you start us off? Best death award. Who's it going to? I think for the ambiguity of it, because it's just interesting, Saunders. Hmm. Killed by a pane of glass. How? We don't know. And, and, and it's mysterious. It, it is truly one of my favorite tropes where somebody talks about future plans. I want to go buy a restaurant and sail the open seas. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to be out of this job. <laughs> yeah. Death. This is my last mission. Yeah, this was my last day. <laughs> That's a good one. It is Andrew. a good one. Um, well, I wrote down this I wrote this before we discussed it, but I said Saunders getting cut in half. But I think we gotta talk about uh Necros too. That's a pretty shitty way to die. And probably could have prevented his own death. Yeah. Or at least prolonged it a little longer. <laughs> it worked a little harder. A poor, yeah. poor decision was made by Necros. Yeah. Now, I gotta say, there's not many on-screen deaths, if any. I mean, not a whole lot. There's just a, just a couple. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even... I mean, I'm sure a lot of people a, died in that battle the at the end. beginning, obviously, the guy who t- takes a tumble. That's a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does die, for sure. And the guy who gets shot. And the guy who blows up in that first scene. That's true. That's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, you got to go with Saunders. He gets killed by a door. Yeah. That's excellent. I'm saying cut in half is canon. That's Let's just say that's excellent. canon. Cut in half is canon. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love how they had like the control panel like taken <laughs> off like to make it clear that Necros yeah. messed with it. And Necros is standing in the bushes with his Walkman that's doubling <laughs> as a control. That's fucking Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I, I understand that he he got caught in the door. But like what's the mechanism within that makes it close so fast? Yeah. How did he do that? Well, yeah, that's Necros, Necros for you. That's Necros. Um <laughs> that's Necros for you. Yeah. That's Necros. I mean, let's be honest. He could he have just shot him? Sure. But I'm no, gonna... no, no. <laughs> Necros was out there doing the thing, man. Yeah. Not since odd job have we seen such a an involved and devoted individual. De- well, that's not true, I guess. I mean, they're all pretty devoted, but not, Necros not is not I'll say this. He's interesting. He's interesting. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well that wraps it up. And you said Saunders too? I said Saunders okay. too. I mean we all um, kind of said Saunders. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. how can you not? Honestly. Yeah, it, the lead up to it and then the aftermath is pretty fun. It, yeah. So that takes us to our next award, and that is Best Line. Andrew, mm-hmm. let's start with you this time. Best line of the movie. All right. Who's it uh, from? This is uh, slipping my mind right now. What is the general's name? Koskov. Nope, the other Pushkin. one. Pushkin. Pushkin. Uh, mine comes from Pushkin at the end of the movie when he sees Koskov and he says, uh, put him on the next plane to Moscow in a diplomatic bag. I love that. I love that. Put him in a body bag. In a body bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Koskov just like the, the sad sack in his face. Uh, yeah. The... Oh no! I've finally been caught <laughs> out. Oh, oh wow! It became so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was. <laughs> They've caught me. Finally, I've finally been caught. Mm-hmm. Ooh, don't hurt my, my teddy bear hands. <laughs> Richard, what are you doing here? Richard. Richard. <laughs> Let me put yeah. on my wooden shoes and come with you. Um, best line, Corey. I I truly love the Barry Manilow collection line <laughs> from Money Penny. That's it's like funny. it is great. Like, didn't you're such a music lover? Anytime you want to drop by, and listen mm-hmm. to my Barry Manilow collection. It's like golly, well, Money Penny, take it easy. They're over there listening to one voice, and uh... I honestly don't know a, a <laughs> yeah, single Barry Manilow you, song. I gotta tell you, I don't. <laughs> I gotta I don't, be honest. I'm telling you, I. People shit on him. They are fun fucking songs. Is he Copacabana? Yeah. He was okay, Copacabana. so I know one Barry Manilow song. Well, you know, and also he wrote the songs that the whole world sings. Okay. Well, I do know that one too, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you, you know, in your free time, uh, catch up on Barry. He's a great performer. Well, I stand by it. I'll go to Money Penny's house and yeah. you know, have a good time. <laughs> and make love to it. <laughs> yes. Um, so for me, I really liked, so, when they're sledding down the hill in the cello, they cross <laughs> the Austrian border, and James just yells out, we have nothing to declare. <laughs> and I just, that tickled me. <laughs> just it's funny. the cello over the gate. Just yeah. Very smooth. Just mm-hmm. threw, showed the passport and just went about their business. Yeah. And nobody chased them. No one questioned it. They said, all right. Those all right. guards saw a whole, a whole uh, oh. army chasing these cats down the, the, the Soviet army. <laughs> no questions need to be asked here. Uh, and we do need to talk about the skiing. Um, 
boy, there's so much skiing coming up in the next two movies. It's pretty. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. We're ski heavy coming up. Yeah, very ski heavy. I'm excited. All right, that brings us to our last award, and that is this made the final cut. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> if it now doesn't hurt your throat when you say it, if you're not saying it right. You got to commit. Yeah. You know, um, damage may have been caused, but... Why am I not coughing now, but you are? You probably got me sick. Now look, goddammit. Look, goddammit. I am not. You know what? what? Why are we doing this on? <laughs> we, let's continue on. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. All right. Final cut. How are you feeling about this one, Corey? Ghetto, ghetto, ghetto Blaster just did not sit well with me. I, no. I, no, I did not know that's what they were colloquially referred to as. It's just the way Q delivered it. I was like, woof. Yikes. Mm. Yeah, I'm here's the thing. Here's my this isn't mine, but I remember do the right Spike Lee's movie, do the right thing. Uh Radio Rahim carries around a boombox the whole time. Uh I don't remember them calling it that, and I really just have a very bad feeling that that was a shitty white person term. That's just my feeling. Mm. I don't like it. I could see I could see that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, don't like that term. Okay. Yeah. Good one, Corey. Yeah, real good Andrew. one. Uh, mine was, I don't think I needed every single carnival ride <laughs> um, that James Bond attended. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's bumper cars <laughs> in a tuxedo. <laughs> that was a little much for me. I think we could have shaved that down a bit. Uh, yeah. Perhaps mm-hmm. just the Ferris wheel? Maybe? Yeah, I think that would have been sufficient. <laughs> I agree. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was, uh, I have kind of like a slash, but in all honesty, I don't think Whitaker added anything to this plot. Mm. I, mean, I know he was a necessary, like, but Koskov could have been doing all that on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Why did we have Whitaker? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, I don't it's disagree. It's a silly, silly addition. It's, and I yeah, was going to wait till the villain part, but it's the octopusy problem. Like, why yes. do we need mm-hmm. this, this many hands stirring the pot? I would just it's like the, one villain, and, please. And the world is not enough problem. Yeah. Where it's, we had Electra and uh, Renaud. <laughs> Renaud. Uh, it is, it is. Yeah, you bring a, that's a great point, but that's very similar to Octopussy. Mm-hmm. With like the, the triumvirate of evil men. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't need him. What's going yeah. on? And it also added that extra ending to the movie. One of four oh, extra was, endings, yeah. Superfluous. What's mm-hmm. going on? So that is my, this made the final cut. All right. Uh, so that leaves only the scoring to be done. So let's get into it. As always, we have seven scoring categories. Bond factor, action, gadgets, song, title, plot slash characters, villain, and entertainment value. From a 0 to 100, Corey, what's the Bond factor in this movie? We got a new Bond here. We got a new Bond. Uh, 
I'm hesitant because I, I, I don't know where you guys stand on, on what he did, but I liked what he did. I thought he brought a different level of nuance. I thought he was fierce when it was necessary and uh, you know, passive when it was also necessary. He wasn't just one note. He was he was pretty he had range. Um mm-hmm. but you know, a little bit lackluster sometimes. I mean, you're right. The whole Austria chunk didn't feel very bondy. So I'll deduct points for that. Uh, and I'm going to give him a 77. I like that. Okay. I'm uh, very simpatico with you on that. I gave him a 74 for bond factor. Uh, I agree. He was obviously very capable. He got the job done. Um, he was not as serious as we saw Craig in Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. He had some quips. But if I don't feel like the comic side of it is natural to Dalton. Mm, yeah. It all, mm-hmm. Every time he had a, a one-liner, it felt super forced, like almost he was embarrassed to say them. And if they're going to be in there, you need to commit to them. I don't uh, think he wanted to say them. I think he mm-hmm. didn't want any of the hamminess that Bonds kind of had. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't. But if it's in there, you got to deliver it like Bond would deliver it. And, but he, you know, otherwise, it was solid. 74. All right, 74. Um, well, guys, I got to tell you, I went, I went a little bit higher than both of you. I thought... Uh, Dalton really had something new that I really like. I mean, it's different than what we were getting with Roger Moore. That's for sure. But for me, I felt like all the components were there. So, yeah. Uh, he's got little comedy, not a lot. Um, you know, the cello scenes, all that kind of stuff, where he goes back to get the cello for, all that kind of stuff. So for me, I felt like Dalton was giving something different and still kept some of it. So I actually gave him an 88 for Bond Factor. Wow. Solid score. Yeah. Solid score. I, I think I would have given him more because I like him a lot. I'm just kind of critiquing the Bondness of it all. Yeah. But, if, but I like him a lot. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said... It almost seems like. I mean, he's also a really good actor. That helps out too. He's yeah. a good actor, mm-hmm. and it, it, it does seem it's it's close to the Craig approach to Bond. So I kind of put his score along the same lines as a Daniel Craig, like Casino Royale. Yeah, but he's definitely. You can tell they try to stick a little closer to the camp. Yeah, some of the one-liners, but good scores. Good mm-hmm. scores for Dalton here. So that takes us to our next category, which is action. Andrew, what you feeling about the action? Oh, man. I uh, don't know how you guys are going to sit with this, but I thought the action was really good. Now, keeping in mind, I do remember or have seen A View to a Kill many times. This movie comes after A View to a Kill. And... Night and day. I thought the action in this movie really stepped it up from the Bond movies that had led up to it. I liked all of them. I thought it was really good. I thought they were big, which you, you know, you kind of expect in a Bond movie, especially the end. 
Um, so I gave it an 89 for action sequences. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a little higher than I was anticipating. But, okay. Corey, what are you thinking? I'm a little bit more middle. I Again, I do think the action was cool when it was cool, but there were elements, mm-hmm. some fight scenes that I was, you know, I was like, okay, this, uh, this is where, again, my argument comes that it's almost like it was stuck in the late 70s, early 80s with some of these mm-hmm. sequences. And I think that with a little more budget, they could have come around to these late 80s, you know, movies that were really doing some big, cool action stuff. So I said 71, liked it, mm-hmm. but I, I felt left myself a little bit wanting. All right. I completely agree. I went a little higher than you. I gave it a 75. Um, for very similar reasons. The... I love the real stunt work in the movie. Mm-hmm. And some of those were, I, I'm always going to give points when it's a high stakes stunt. And most of the big sequences had like, if something goes wrong, they're going to get fucked up. Someone yeah. could die. Yeah. They're bad. So mm-hmm. I like seeing that it adds an element of intensity to the movie. Cause you know, Oh yeah, that's legit. Um, but yeah, some of the fights, in the jail, for instance, you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's not that's good. not great. Yeah, um, the best action, the best fight doesn't even involve Bond. <laughs> um, the car chase was decent. Mm-hmm. You know, just it was it was just it was decent. Nothing blew me away, but just the overall solid action. So okay, seventy five. All right, all right. So our next category, which is usually all over the map for these movies. <laughs> that is our gadgets category. Andrew. Yeah. Gadget score. Gadget heavy movie, I gotta say. They all come into play um, pretty well, I think. I mean, we have our key fob that comes back later on. We have our Aston Martin that's really... Stuffed. Stuffed with things. Stuffed. Shock. Um, yeah, we have the... Uh, Boombox rocket launcher, um, which couch. I will now call it. Couch. Yep. Couch. Got a couch in there. Couch. Oh, I don't thought forget the, uh, about the rake radar. We didn't talk about the Can't forget about the rake radar. Or the um, electric knife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> many things. <laughs> we got exploding milk, people. We got exploding milk. Um, that's not, that's not, not his. That's not his. That's not his. Uh, but I actually did go again fairly high with the gadget score on this, uh, just because it is a gadget heavy movie, and I liked everything they did with them. So I gave it again an eighty nine. What? Oh yeah. All uh, right, Andrew's going hard with Living Daylights. Yeah. I yeah. um, it is. It's not the heaviest gadget movie we've seen. Okay. I don't believe. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of another one. Moonraker I still think Moonraker has, has the most gadgets we've Moonraker seen. Moonraker has yeah, that's a true. million gadgets. Uh, Not as cool, though. Octopussy cool. has a bunch of gadgets. True. Um, but this one is, re- for me, I'm counting the primary gadgets were the car mm-hmm. and the key fob. And I've always been weird about like when you pack in a million gadgets into the car, 
Mm. It's that one thing because then we're like, and you only live twice. You know, I don't know. Never mind. Okay. Doesn't matter. (laughs) With the key fob in the car, key fob I thought was stupid. Like I said, design flaw. Someone else Mm -hmm. whistled. You're dead. Car was awesome. So I gave it, that being said, I gave it a 78. Mostly on the car because the car was super badass. Not a bad score. Not a bad score. Mm-mm. But Key Fob didn't, didn't super enjoy it. It was very 80s. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, uh, uh, Corey, what are you, what are you thinking? I, I mean, I'm right in the same ball field. I just dinged the Key Fob a little bit more. Not even because it was like kind of silly, but also not super effective. When he uses the, ga- the gas on the guys they, in the they jail. Wear- they didn't woke work up immediately. very well. It, it, it knocked him out for a second, and then he was right back in the game. So it didn't mm-hmm. actually perform all that well as a gadget. Uh, but the car was, the Aston Martin was killer. So um, <laughs> couch was great. Love couch. Uh, so Great couch. So I, but I, I said a 72. That's uh, Weinstein's mm-hmm. casting couch. Oh, boy. Traps him. I'll keep her here till later. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Sorry, that's... Uh, anyways Mm -hmm. moving on to something that we've been wanting to talk about since the beginning of this episode and that is our song and our title sequence yeah so living daylights by aha is the song and we have an interesting uh opening graphic sequence Mm -hmm. that i think severely detracts from the quality of the song so I'm going to mm. open it up to you, Corey. Let me get your thoughts. So this is one where I got to lean more into the song than the titles. I can't let the titles detract from how good the song is because the song mm. just hit for me. I, I don't know if it's evident, but I'm, I, I love 80s. I love 80s movies and I love 80s music. And this was just like the quintessential sound of the 80s. It had everything we like about Duran Duran, which obviously was, you know, the the predecessor to this movie. Um, A better song, if you ask me, was was this one. I know a lot of people love the Duran Duran one, but this one had like that vibe of Duran Duran with like maybe some tears for fears and then slicing a little bit of Murray head in there because it was kind of kind of kooky a little bit uh, in a really cool way with some of the some of the melody. I liked it a lot, and it's been in my head for three weeks. <laughs> so, um, boy, if only Murray Head could have done it. <laughs> uh, I've given it a ninety-one. Okay, golly, I liked ninety-one. It. I liked it a I, lot. Look, I, I'm I love the song, and it has been. I've listened to it maybe eighteen times in the last three weeks. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's not a super Bondy song. It doesn't have the classic Bond sound. I'm not. I'm not saying that they all have to be like that. Okay. Um, I love the song, but I have to grade it in connection with the the title sequence because that's what the category is, <laughs> and the title sequence is fucking terrible. It's not fucking terrible. It's it's just fine. The gun, okay. the gun shooting in sequence. I enjoyed that. I like that, that part. Was cool. Okay, first yeah. off, there's they use revolvers. 
Mm-hmm. Bond never uses a revolver. <laughs> a that bothered me. There's a bunch of shimmering water. No way relating to the film. There's one point where the lady is like, is she hunting fish with a gun? That was she real points, weird. She's just... She's pointing a she's gun doing. to water. Yeah. And then we end with a giant champagne flute with a lady in it. And Full then of she Bollinger. does like a little head tilt close up. It was so odd. It's like they spent $14 on it. <laughs> you forgot to mention the James Bond dancers. Yes. The action dancers. Yeah. The action um, sequence dancers. It was I, trash. I, I didn't mind it. It just it didn't bother me. I don't. None of the sequence really you were, uh, bothered you were me. Just, you were just drunk on the song. Sure was. Sure <laughs> That's was. what it was. And I guess that can't. I mean, if if the song's so good, you don't even. You're blind to the the graphics. Then I guess it does its job. But I saw them, and they okay. were stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love the song. So seventy four. All right. The song's awesome. It's a great song. Even though it's not a classical Bond-style song. It's got the John Barry orchestral element in there. It's just interlaced with a lot of synth, which... Synth, yeah, it's 80s. Pretty cool, yeah. actually. I mean, I've never heard anything like that. I, I, gotta, I gotta agree with Corey. I thought there was enough Bond in there to be perfect. And still be aha and very 80s. I also love the song a whole lot, but I totally agree with you. I felt the opening titles were meh at best. And I don't mean to keep bringing it up, but the opening titles in the movie before this, A View to a Kill, are so iconic, at least to me, and they are so much better that this is a step down from where they were. Now, with that being said, I do believe a song can overpower the opening titles. And I believe that's what happened in this case for me. So with all that being said, I actually gave it an 85. That's fair. Yep. That's fair. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm feeling the, the <laughs> disregarding of the, 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 the title I, sequence. I don't remember what your, what was your score? I didn't was? disregard. 74. Okay. That's a- that's pretty good. So that's that's great song. Shitty title. You get a 74 for me. Here, here's my honest opinion. The title sequence wasn't bad. It was just meh. Yeah, it's pretty meh. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's nothing memorable. That champagne glass. I, I, what? I honestly think Octopussy might have been worse. I don't even remember that one. It wasn't at great. This moment, it wasn't but, great. But the song again, like "Man with the Golden Guns," titles. Oh, that's were terrible. Not very memorable. Yeah. And hey, listen, I did it for uh, "Octopussy" and for "You Only Live Twice," where the titles weren't very good, but I loved the songs. Yep, <laughs> that's true. This song is fucking awesome. Yeah. There's no question about that. I feel like, in all of our own ways, this was very fair scoring. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And this one, once we do our wrap-up episode after all 27 movies have been reviewed, I think we might be giving a golden gavel for our favorite song. Easily. This might be in the running. This is a contender for me. This is I a hot contender. couldn't agree more. I'll be interested to see which one. We got to, if we say like bronze, silver, and gold for the song, I think we, 
we may I think it it would be nice to do that because there's so many great songs. That's true. We'll see. But only one can get shipped the golden gavel. So yeah. Well, so we'll we'll see when we get there. But this one's in the running so far. So that brings us to our next category, which is our plot slash characters. Mm. Andrew, what's your score, man? Characters in this movie I really liked. I felt all the supporting characters were pretty strong. Yeah. So that alone, pretty high for me. Uh, Pushkin? Solid. Great. Uh, Sharif? Great. Sharif? Is it Sharif? Mm. Sharif, no, don't like yeah. it! <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, what's his name? No. Necros. I like all them, don't get me wrong. They're pretty Kara. good. Are you saying True Lies guy? Kara's great. What? True Lies guy. Who's Cameron? Name? Cameron Shaw. Yep. Sharif. <laughs> Once again. Sharif. I think we've established. That's not, not even great names. Not great names. So him. Loved him. I don't know if that's a not great names thing. You just picked a totally different name. That was kind is of that, ethnic. That's fair enough. Is that slightly racist? I don't It feels like it. I don't know. It does. That's, I don't like it. I don't off. like it. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't so be surprised Sh- if this was edited out. Um, so Sharif. Him. All in all, everybody did a great job. Um, so characters are higher to me than plot is. Yeah. Plot in this movie was, again, meh, meh. Meh. It wasn't as bad as Octopussy and diluted as Octopussy was. But uh, it was fine. It was fine. And I think the characters make up for the problems with the plot. So I gave it a 78, actually. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's, some make, that's, make, that's, 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 that's decent. Yeah. That's the plot, I mean, the characters are carrying it a long way on that score. A long way. Um, I completely agree. I love Pushkin. I've already, and I've already said Necros was one of the most solid henchmen we've seen in a, in a while. In a minute, yeah. Um, and, uh, well, don't forget Elvis. We can't forget him. Elvis. Yes. I, 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 oh, yeah. Oh. God, Elvis. Without a doubt, the worst henchman. Yeah. Very um, easily. Yeah, is there was... is there a dirt gavel award because he's getting it. <laughs> a dirt gavel? Yeah. We can give a golden gavel for worst henchman. Yeah. Um, but Kara was a decent Bond girl. She was a little annoying, but she ended up being like actually pretty capable. Um, I liked this actress actually. I thought she wasn't too bad. I mean, it was just in the pitter patter that I didn't like. But uh. <laughs> Overall, the characters were were solid. The plot was pretty dumb. The diamonds, the hearts, and the opium, and the guns. That being said, characters carried it to a 69. High five. Corey. I, 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 I am kind of echoing some of the things you're saying, but what we haven't said, I guess we kind of have to say that, but it's, it's the characters... Of Koskov and Whitaker, since you can't call them both villains, I'm just going to talk about the fact that you just need to pick one. Or which would you yep. pick one? Um, we did. No, you know what I mean. I mean the filmmakers. Yep, yep. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. um, But uh, yeah, I, I like Kara. I liked. Uh, I actually like Saunders, even though he was kind of sniveling. <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah. Saunders, come on, That's give true. him a shot. I definitely felt bad for him. <laughs> uh, but you're right. The plot. Here's the thing. It definitely has third act problems because 
all this ruse work that they're doing the whole time. I'm following it. I'm like, okay, well, they're really going the extra mile to sell this weird idea yeah. they had. Like, I wonder, like, if it was me and I was Whitaker, I'd be like, just go from A to B if you don't mind, Koskov. <laughs> yeah. Koskov's like, oh, but what if we actually make a mm-hmm. hundred different steps and then we get there? That's and then throw in the Mujahideen. Yeah, on top. Got to get them in there. That's yeah. very octopusy, and I I don't know if you know this, but I had a big problem with octopus's plot. I so, think you did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I lowered my score a little bit than yours, Andrew, but a little higher than Blaine's at seventy three. Okay. Awesome. All right. Next one, I think, is going to be this movie's downfall. Honestly, because yeah. up to this point, pretty decent scoring. Uh, so. We're now at our villain category, um, and as we've talked about, we've deemed Whitaker as the overall villain and the driving force of the movie here, and as I stated before in my final cut, I don't think he even should have been in the movie at all. Uh, that being said, I mean, I, I like Jodon Baker. Yeah. He brings yeah. something fun to it. So I can't say he's the worst. He's it was just, a fun role. He had fun with he's it. He's fun, mm-hmm. but he's pointless. Yeah. Um, so I gave him a 29. Oh. 29 from Blaine. Closer. That's a little lower than I thought you were going to go. Um, but that's fine. Hey, I, um, I'm, I'm just going to put him kind of in the middle at 52. And my reasoning right. is, is simply that he's no Dominic Green. Uh, he's hmm. no Jonathan Price, whatever his char- character's name is. I just don't want to remember it. Uh, <laughs> Elliot Carver. Elliot Carver. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think he's a little more fun than Moonraker villain. All those, they're just starting to, they're starting to shed away. Uh, so, <laughs> so I, but yeah, when he's on screen, he's stupid and silly, but he's kind of fun. Uh, even though he's worthless. You're right. He should not have been in this movie. But I'll still give him a 52. All right. All right. Uh, Blaine, you and I are actually pretty damn close. What you um, got, Andrew? Um, I gave him a 30, actually. That is pretty close. Yeah. Pretty damn close. As close as they come without being on the nose. Yeah. One would argue. Um, Ooh, one. Oh, thank you. Anyway, so... <laughs> Blaine Game of 30. It's um, just darting around. <laughs> he, don't get me wrong. He's no Lashif. He's no Lashif. And yeah. he's no Elliot Carver. He is interesting, but... Boy, just not needed. Just yeah. not needed. His plan's also kind of stupid. It is. I mean, it's a he's lot for really what you're doing. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of real big uh, holes in this plant. That's silly. Yeah. Um, so 30 for me, but that doesn't go to say that, uh, Jodon Baker isn't entertaining. And I think that's probably why they brought him back. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got stuff. I love that people get real second lives in these (laughs) Bond series. Yeah. Um, all right. So that brings us to our last category and that is entertainment value. Corey. I definitely think there's some highs and lows to this movie. Um, I enjoy the heck out of it, but if I'm being completely honest, as you mentioned, the pitter patter did slow it down dramatically. Pretty much all of the 
James and Kara stuff, even though, you know, I like a sensitive bond. I enjoyed a little bit of that. It definitely washed out some of the cool elements of the movie. So I'm going to give it a conservative 71. Wow. All right. I had the same exact score for this movie. Wow. 71. Same exact reasons. All the pitta-patta. I just... The pitta-patta. Like, at least when James Craig Bond was talking to Vesper, they had some, like... I don't know. There was something about it that was better (laughs) and more entertaining. I just... It just wasn't doing it for me. It was better than these two. I'll agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was some, there was some awesome points of this movie, but again, got bored at some points and you got to go down. If I get bored, I gotcha. All right. Andrew, where you at? No shock here. Mine was pretty, pretty well uh, up there. 98. Um, No, no. 97. No. Um, mine is actually an 89. Golly, you I like this movie. I really liked this movie. Holy shit. Um, all its problems, I, you know, I can kind of get rid of because I thought it was pretty fun overall. I mean, especially when you're going from uh, two different bonds, people have their strong opinions about. Dalton comes in. I thought he did a good job. I thought this movie was very much of its time, but it wasn't a bad movie. It was not a bad movie. So I can honestly say I was very entertained watching it, and an 89 was appropriate for me. All right. Well, that wraps it up. So I guess as you tally up the scores, mm-hmm. Corey, would you recommend this movie? I would definitely recommend this movie. I think that it's not a pitfall, but it's still... The one thing I'll say is that it, it does feel like a very British action movie. And then, you know, just a few years later, we start to see the Bond films become these international action movies where they just appeal to everyone and there's so much more bombast. Uh, but that doesn't detract from it. It's just a note that I have. You know, he's, I, sent a, I sent a text to Andrew saying, what did I say specifically? I was like, I don't know if Blaine's going to like how British Timothy Dalton is. Yeah, yeah, he's you did. De- definitively British. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's... I mean, he is pretty British, but I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I see exactly what you're saying. Once we switch to Brosnan, it's a totally different feel. Yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. just bigger and it goes back campy. Well, well the th- the thing with the Brosnan ones is there's not a lot of downtime. No, 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 no. Brosnans, and that's I think targeting Americans in particular. Oh, that's for sure targeting America. And movies of the time, too, cuz I mean um, I'm trying to remember what movie I was watching the other day, but you know, like, oh, I was watching Five Easy Pizzas with uh, Jack Nicholson, and you know, movies of a certain day took time and needed space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. By the time you get to the '90s, uh, we don't like uh, slow moments. We got to get going every two seconds. Popcorn so. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Popular the movies. Dialogue is there for a very specific reason to move the mm-hmm. plot. And there's never any drag. And if there is, people notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially Americans. Yeah. And this one, like Corey said, was more British. It's even... I'd say it's the, maybe the most British one we've seen so far. Mm, okay. 
I think um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is going to blow us out of the water how British it is. I just have this feeling. Probably so. Probably so. I, yeah, I can't wait. It um, takes place in Buckingham Palace, the whole movie. <laughs> With the queen. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. Um, uh, as of this moment, uh, she is still alive, and Prince Charles is not the king. Uh, yeah, fuck. That could change we'll in the next few you, minutes. Uh, in, uh, up to date. So, Andrew... Yes. How about them scores? Well, guys, it comes to that moment when we look at our overall leaderboard and see where the Living Daylights is. <laughs> where the Living I'm sorry. Daylights is ranking. Is ranking. All of the Bond movies we have watched so far. Mm-hmm. And guys, I got to tell you, had a little shakeup here. We had a bit of a shakeup. Uh... If you had to guess where you think this movie falls. Second. I would say second, too. Second? Oh, okay. I think Spectre's still... I think Spectre's still... I think we have better scores. Maybe third. Okay. I still... I think... I'm pretty sure Goldfinger's still number one. All right. For sure. Oh, Well, here we go. I forgot about Goldfinger. (laughs) Yeah. That was a movie we watched. Okay, guys. So, uh, the highest scores came... Came from me, so my average was seventy eight point two nine. Second was Corey with seventy two point four three. Then Blaine at sixty seven point one four. And if you take the average of all three of our scores, that comes to a seventy two point six two. And now, the Living Daylights has taken the third place slot on our leaderboard. It still wasn't as good as Spectre, but it was better than You Only Live Twice. Which I think Blaine is happy about. You happy about that one? Yeah, You Only Live Twice is terrible. (laughs) Um, The whole second half is dog shit. Mm -hmm. Um, So this movie is better. I mean, fourth place does seem a little high for... uh, we have so twice. many more movies to go. It's not going to stay in fourth place. No, no, no. But it's it's definitely. Uh, I, yeah, I think I think that's a good place for this movie currently. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, um, so number one, Goldfinger. Number two, Spectre. Number three, The Living Daylights. Number four, You Only Live Twice. And here's a shock. Uh, number five is Tomorrow Never Dies. Still shocking. It's a little shocking. You guys are crazy. I was blaming Blaine on that one. World of Zionist was a much better movie. I, I didn't say I, all that, no, but no, no, yeah. No. <laughs> um, uh, don't look at this. Thing. But have no fear. Sixth place is the world is not enough. So tomorrow never die is way better. Nope. Just I'm, the villain. I'm, villain I'm, ruins it. Again, this controversial statement. I think I might have liked You Only Live Twice better than I do Tomorrow Never Dies. I did too. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are crazy. There's a whole... Oh, I'm not going to talk about it again. Well, let's a not. whole goddamn wedding. A whole wedding. <laughs> that y'all watched. You know, there was movie. no weddings in this movie. I can Meanwhile, say that. Tomorrow Never Dies was an awesome motorcycle chase under helicopters. And fucking... You got Michelle Yeoh kicking ass. Uh, again. But, hey... Sean Connery gets yellow face. Oh, I can't. <laughs> what I mean, the coolest gadget we've ever seen? The helicopter? No, the, the prosthetic on his oh, face. Oh, the prosthetic. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. best gadget. Oh, my God. Y'all guys are crazy. Um, 
But yeah, um, <laughs> good place for you li- only live twice currently. I'll I'll say that. And again, it's it's going to be the movie that brings it all together. Because there's been movies that we like that have had a bad villain, just like this one. Yep. And it plummets them. Uh, so this movie would have beaten Spectre, by the way, if it wasn't for our villain scores, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Because we were averaging about 77 until we got to villain. Then it dropped down to 74. Well, we'll or, see. Or excuse me, 72. We'll see where it, uh, if it holds that place. I don't think it will. But uh-huh. Yeah. And we'll as much as I still don't really love Blofeld's or, or, or Waltz's take of Blofeld Inspector, he was better. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely yeah. better. Yes. <laughs> he yes. deserves to be a better villain than, than Whit- Whitaker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Brad Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Next week, what do we have on tap, Andrew? We got the Roger Moores coming back. We got. The Spy Who Loved Me. Fantastic. All right, we'll tune in next week, and we will be breaking down that movie. So, as always, this has been a... Uh, oh, we're not counting down again? I forgot. Uh, so, um, as always, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us. This has been... Judgment! Judgment.